Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. From Bell, the Italian, stolen by Weatherspoon. I think it's going to be showtime. I'm super Michigan with this lineup. McConnell got the hand up and still Buffkin sticks it. Got his own rebound though on the reset. Mulcahy down the lane. Pass ahead, Bailey. And the lob up front for Bonatti. Finishes the alley Oh, what a pass. To set up a damn bonus. Northwestern down a pair. On the road. Bowie around the screen. Picked up by Hawkins on the switch. Six seconds to go. Bowie on the drive. Blocked. Thrown out. Shannon. Bowie. 2.7 to play. In Champagne. It's Friday. Fry. Yay. As I sit next to Damon Benning here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency 590 ESPN Omaha, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Happy to have you with us on this Friday morning. Uh, a little bit of a flurry outside. I feel the Midwest weather uh, never disappoints. How about the... it comes and goes, and then comes again and goes. The order. It's a lot, it's a little more treacherous this morning than it was yesterday morning. A little bit. Yeah, just because a um, l- little bit more of a shine, a glisten, especially around the curbs. Be careful out there. Not that we had anything melting yesterday, but it's so it's it's just weird how we have a, a little bit of ice. But the whatever the the little slick surface area from the the precip this morning is different. Did you skid? Not until I got into the parking lot. You know, just turning this turn right here. Was yeah, the sharp one right in front of the to, restaurant. Seems to get everybody. <laughs> yeah. And and I would laugh. Because well, it's downhill. I'd laugh a because bit of an, it's gotten Shane. You warned me about it. It's gotten Sasha, and she's in a pickup truck. And I think I said that right. Pickup. Yeah, it's a pickup truck, flatbed. And it finally got me today. Yeah, I didn't have any issues driving in this morning. And the funny thing was is because I just wanted to see if I could see parking lines. So I wasn't really dialed in i was kind of like do i want to park to the right of shane or to the left of shane just one of those things that only ridiculous people like me think about oh come on why do you think i park in eyesight opposed to you guys that do not park in eye view i don't know do you want to be able to see your vehicle at all times it's kind of weird but i mean i'm like i'm like that with a few things sitting in restaurants stuff like that. well we're here for three hours I'm not time? saying that anything could happen or bad will happen. It's really closer to four, four and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah. Once we're here and then once we stay here. But I like to see everything that happens. And plus, think about it. You know, cars start to pull up once the show ends. What if I get door dinged? Oh, you're that I'm guy. I'm in eyesight of my car. 
the duality of your personality is hilarious because deep down I think you should be 66, but you're really only 26. It's uh, You have these old man tendencies with this youthful exuberance. Yeah, you know, I do, I do, I do like things <laughs> particular my way. Yeah. Oh, I can. Tell. But I can adjust, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you told me I had to park on the other side of this wall, I would. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I'd do it. <laughs> like, there's an early delivery this morning here, so, and it kind of was weirding me out. It's like whatever it is, it's six thirty, it's six forty, and you're like, I don't expect to hear anything in the kitchen, and there's like this rustling. I was like, huh, ratatouille. Oh. No, it was... Were you opening up the letter and reading it? No, they, they had a distribution. Chart. Call my lawyer. Shane, what was the special that caught my eye yesterday? I can't even believe that I'm forgetting. What was Peanut the butter. PB&J wings. Yeah. Were they good? I haven't, I did, I haven't had the idea. I was asking Shane because he, he's a child. No, so did you end up eating yesterday? Here, no, but maybe today. Yeah. Are you going to get the wings? If if I do get something, it'll be the so wings. There is another the PB and J ones. Yeah. There is another place in town. It's not peanut butter and jelly. It's like it's there is another place in town off a hundred and that does it in Old Mill that there, yeah, it's not what you think, right? You think like jelly and peanut, but no, it's it's more like a Thai peanut sauce, and theirs are smoked and they're okay, fantastic. So I will definitely be. Man, well, we'll I see. can't eat meat today. Yeah, so I, you know the bonus um, for the Lenten season is a lot of versatility mm-hmm. when you drive past places. I saw I was at a particular grocery store the other day, and they have, and they were doing it as I was kind of there. They have freshly battered beer cod under the, like in the shelf where you'd like yeah. go grab a steak. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And, I mean, there's a lot of different types of – they had a Mediterranean salmon. So I'm like, the, one of the cool things about this type yeah, of season you, is you get a you spread you your have, taste. You have a lot more options. And, I'm right. a, and I like seafood. Same. So uh, the rest of my house does not, although Micah's in with me. But I, I like the options. Big shrimp guy, big fish guy. I wonder if Hale Varsity Club has any fish on so, the menu. Uh, and the the – and a couple of places like fast food that don't typically do fish, it's back. You know what else is back? And I'm a little saddened. I may have a bone to pick with Shane because he didn't throw this highlight in there. Oh, come on, Shane. Shane, the Battlehawks won last night. Yeah. Why the f- is Shane walking in there? That weather in Seattle was super interesting. I like the Battlehawks roster, though. McCarron's well is, put together. McCarron's a stud. McCarron is the Tom Brady of the XFL. He just makes the dude hadn't played since 2021. Perfect. Although we got to figure out what to do with Seattle's uniforms. Yeah, not great. Yeah, not great. No. But I'll tell you what, though. Got out to a 12 nothing lead too. You yeah. felt like you were like felt like they were looking good. Yeah. Well, that's the Battle Hawks at least this year. Hey, let's show up in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> let's not play the first half. <laughs> Tell you what, I man. like the XFL. Me too. I don't, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I, I just I like. Won't either. I like watching football. I like. You know what? I sat in bed last night and said, "Man, it's cool to be watching football right now, uh. like a literal game." Plus, the way that they do it is so 
different than the NFL. I like a few. I like works. a few of the rules too. So we're going to get into that in our next segment. <laughs> I wanted to get into it first, but we will talk to Mike. Yeah, we got to get Schaefer early. Ten. So normally he's our seven thirty spot, but I want to go into some of those rules because I think it could benefit the NFL if they chose to adopt. Uh, outside of that, we've got a great show planned for you today. We will go over our roster review still with the Nebraska offense. We'll talk offensive line. I felt that was fitting after hearing from Donovan Rayola yesterday. We will talk to John Dolliver, NSAA assistant director who oversees basketball and state down in Lincoln. Yeah, busy, um, busy time. And high school basketball. How about that last night? Oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's Talk about magic in February. It's wide open. For a lot of uh, for a lot of folks, now I don't listen. Bellevue West is like, yeah, right. Even Scott uh, Ogallala, who's undefeated, and even though I know some people question their schedule, they're not. They're used to making runs this time of year. Everybody kind of jockeying is all over the place. Did it surprise you what happened to Scott? Yes, but they've kind of been. They've kind of been traipsing along a little bit. They haven't been the same, in my opinion, since Jake Brack's injury against Central. You know, he's. I, th- I think it's a rib issue. Um, you know, they're they're trying to kind of piece it together, but they're definitely they appear vulnerable. <laughs> but I don't know, man. I, Platview, whomever, somebody is is going to have to run them down from behind, though. And apparently, you know, Connor Milliken feels pretty good. That knee is back. He Darner has a triple double last night. I think he goes thirty six and sixteen. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, chips in I, from you know Trey Mosman finding his rhythm in that offense, and they shoot the three so well. It'll be interesting um, to see how folks are seated. And you asked me about districts in Class A. I think it's tough for. It's tough. It is. It's going to be really it, tough. It, my it my, my daughter's ride. got uh, Miller North's got Central tonight, which should be very interesting at Miller North. That's at six. So, you know me. It's a fun time for me, especially when I'm not coaching. Like in football, I can just go around and watch. I like. It's fun for me. Well, this is the best time to be a high school basketball fan. Yeah, is this stage in the game, uh, Nebraska has a big game this weekend as well along with Creighton but uh it's kind of cool how the 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 local schools had some time off correct and uh we'll talk all of that later on in the show we'll set up the nine o'clock hour in a few moments as well but right now I want to welcome in Mike Schaefer Mike is the Nebraska football and recruiting uh reporter insider whatever you want to call him he's Mike Schaefer for 24-7 sports Mike good morning Good morning, guys. I do answer to a bunch of different names, so wherever you want to go with it, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> the I'll bearded like warrior, Mike J. You're on the move early this morning, so we appreciate you um, helping us out. If we have some time, because this is a, a bigger hour for us, a little bit, we got to get into how to teach Andrew the smash patty technique because his first experience with the smash patties, as he would say, was just okay. I tell him say that. I tell him it's a little more difficult than people actually think to just make a nice thin crispy patty, but we'll save that, okay? So know that that's on deck. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's fine. I'll put together a PowerPoint and I'll get it over to him. Oh, please. No, please. but but Shafe, though, in full disclosure, though, it that the griddle is tough to negotiate. It's kind of trial and error, at least early on, right? Yeah, and if you're like me and you have it on a deck, you never really know what the wind is going to be like, and that right. can really mess with your uh, consistency and temperature and cook time and everything else. It's all about so, prep. You know. It's all about the prep. If you don't get the prep right, yeah, you gotta you gotta have the stuff ready to go. See, I kind of half asked the prep, and I still managed to make it work. So I feel like Andrew should be fine. Maybe I'll learn that in the PowerPoint. (laughs) Hey, hey, Shafe, thoughts early on? You know, and Coach Rule was was quick to bring it to my attention about the first recruits in classes. We were joking about 2024s. He gets one. He says, "Hey, I'm just telling you. You know, the first guy to recruit in the class." My last couple of stops is is playing in the NFL. Just saying. Turns out Gradney yeah, beat every, uh, turns out Gradney beat everybody to the punch. Yeah, Roger Gradney uh, jumps on a an offer he received over the weekend, and a guy that I think other teams in the country thought they maybe had stashed away a bit in Texas that they could do some more evaluation on because he missed so much time with a labrum tear in his hip which sounds incredibly painful my my daughter had that missed a whole year uh, that just sounds awful yeah bad uh but you know this is a guy that is a, a really intriguing athlete another track guy another athlete that put up a 10 8 and 100 meter I believe he had a, a high jump um of six four i mean he's just a, a guy that's a, a pretty good athlete that can play, you know, either wide receiver or defensive back, more likely, probably looking on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, keep it right there. Uh, who was your favorite to dig up and possibly reminisce on? For, for what in, do you mean? In, in regards to that first recruit over the last 10 years. Oh, uh, you know, it's fascinating. Like, they break into a couple different categories. You probably have half of them are in-state guys. And then half of those in-state guys are playing in the NFL, and the other half didn't finish their career with Nebraska. You get guys that didn't even make it to campus, and then some that were really highly talented didn't really play until they were seniors. So you kind of get the whole spectrum of recruiting looking at Nebraska's first commits over the last 10 years. Shay, in that dive, how long did that take you? Uh, a lot of it was just trying to remember who the guys were or, you know, <laughs> there's one time I, I like was looking at articles for John Raritan and it kept referencing him as a second commit in the class. And I just completely forgot about Jared Bubach, <laughs> which sounds weird to say, cause that was a big deal at the time. Yeah. But that was probably the one that I was most like, Oh, I completely forgot about this. Hey, rule wanted to make the fourth quarter frost era a thing of the past um that's something that he said um at least earlier on this week even last possibly but uh, what would you attribute last year's fourth quarter woes to and how do you think he can change that oh man uh well i don't know that it was just the fourth quarter though they had issues certainly in that one um I, I just think having a different mentality will probably help to a degree. And if they can sort of get to the point where guys don't press or feel the weight of the entire world on them in the fourth quarter, because that's where things were at in 2021 and 2022. At that point, knew all the stats. You knew that they don't win games after they don't lead at halftime. You, you just 
it internalizes all the programs. So I think a fresh start alone will be a big help for Matt Rule and, and what he wants to do and, and to be able to try to play for quarters. Shafe, when so you were getting to meet some of the staff and, and they're kind of rolling them out and we're getting some of the personalities and, you know, God bless guys like Donnie Rayolo. I mean, it just is what it is, and I think that's great. Are you concerned or surprised at all with some of the new guys? A lot of the new guys just it seems like the sheer out reverence they have for their coach. Like I always wonder there's a difference between like respect and but I just the connection and the way that they speak of coach rule in terms of why they're here dangerous or a good thing? Is it like fire best kept in in the in the proper proper context well i think it shows the loyalty that these guys have to matt rule and it, it shows that when he asks them to do stuff they're going to be doing it yeah. here's what i also like about it this is a staff that already kind of knows what they want to go and achieve mm-hmm. in terms of player development in terms of how things should look at practice you know, there's not going to be a lot of surprises there's not going to be that growing period where coaches have to learn how to work together because a lot of these guys already have. I mean, Tony White kind of and, and Donovan Rayola are the two guys to probably have the most to learn this spring in terms of the Matt Rule system and how things work and, and all of that. Everybody else gets to hit the ground running. So I think that's kind of a good thing when you're assembling a staff. And, um, you know, the fact that a lot of these guys feel loyal to Matt Rule makes you feel like you're going to get their best effort as they try to go through this job. As you listened to those pressers yesterday um, keeping it with Rayola something that really intrigued me was if he were to pick up on the ruleisms right does he speak like coach rule because every other coach that we've heard from speaks like coach rule they're his guys but Donnie Rayola obviously was the only one retained from the previous staff until I watched it again yesterday and I, I listened one more time because I'm like, did he say anything that related to Coach Rule? And at the very end, he emphasized that these are our guys. When a question was directed to him about his guys, he said our guys. And I'm like, ooh, maybe that was like the first thing that is kind of a, a Matt Rule way. But am I looking too far into it? Is that just Rayola's personality and uh, he's just very cut and dry to the point? Or do you think at some point he'll pick up on the Matt Rule media way? Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing of all of this is how often are we going to talk to these coaches? I mean, we saw at the end of the Frost regime that they basically moved on to, uh, to it was going to be the coordinators and it was going to be Scott Frost. So I haven't talked to Donovan Rayola since last spring. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it's kind of actually hard to say what his – his speech stylings and patterns and anything would be like because he hasn't done a lot of media with Nebraska. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting how successful these guys are. Another thing that I noted was that this is the first time a strength coach really met with the entire media. Um, and it feels like a lot of these guys have had media training because they all seem very comfortable with it. Um, so it's all been kind of interesting to just kind of sit back and take note of. Shave super astute. Just yesterday... <laughs> Had someone from the support staff call me. We are just kind of shooting the breeze, catching up, and uh, not catching up. He's, I think he's kind of checking in. And, you know, I'm listening, and it's going really, really well. And, we, you know, we kind of talked about recruiting. And 
he's got a lot more leeway just because he's not working under the same constraints as the direct staff. But you saying that cues me into almost everybody is on the same page, right? They're utilizing everybody within that organization to spread and kind of share the same message, right? Now, he's, you're even using strength and conditioning as a conversational tool or a, a communication outpoint to further educate the masses. Like, I, I think you're spot on in kind of seeing that from afar. Well, I, I think the takeaway from all of this is Matt Rule has largely been exactly what we were told he was going to be, or as he said in his own words. I mean, he put together a staff that reflects the idea that he wants people that do it how he does. I mean, he's, I'm not saying he's trying to do Baylor 2.0 or anything here at Nebraska, but he has a playbook. He has a, a you know plan that he's used at other places, and it doesn't feel like he's going to deviate from that. And a big part of it is everyone's got to pull in the same direction. I mean, he said that multiple times in his opening press conference, and I think we've seen a lot of that in his actions and in the words of the people around him. We're speaking with Mike Schaefer, Nebraska football and recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Mike, uh, one last question for me about recruiting, because I meant to get to this, and then I completely changed gears in my head. You know, you say you have a ton of nicknames. I feel like thoughts just kind of run through my head a lot, and, you know, I, I get off track. I think a lot of people know that. But uh, in regards to recruiting, I wanted to ask you about Carter Nelson, because he's acquired – about 30 offers now from some of the biggest schools in college football. This has to be the most attention Ainsworth has ever gotten, right? As far as I know, I mean, the only other recruit that I can think of out of Ainsworth was a basketball player named Jesse Carr that went to Colorado State. Yeah, good player. The big big question was whether um, Tim Miles was going to offer him, I think. or No, Doc Savage. Maybe it was Doug Sather, because I think he played for 10 miles at Colorado State. But, yeah, I mean, Ainsworth is not somewhere that it anticipates D1 athletes and certainly not guys that are going to be bringing in this level of attention. Shafe, which, which one is, it was, is gonna, was more difficult for you to kind of reconcile when you're looking at the attention and the offers and you've got to pit it against high school the, the high school prowess. Well, you think it'll be Carter Nelson, or will it have been Malachi Coleman? Well, so I think, and this is probably a little unfair because I'm just allowing one thing to dictate it. I think it would be Carter Nelson because Malachi Coleman's played 11-man football. Malachi Coleman has played classic football. I mean, I really thought his junior year I saw real progress, you know, from game one until they were playing Gretna. He was one of the best players on the field in a game that features a number of D1 guys. So, Carter Nelson's never been on the field with another D1 player. Um, so, I, I feel like he's got a much steeper curve, mm. even with a ton of raw athleticism. I mean, that's what makes all of this really fascinating. Everyone's basically seeing a kid that they feel like they can develop and mold, but it's not because they've seen him do it at a really high level on the football field. It's because he's just a really good athlete with elite measurables. Shafe, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, guys, take care, and best of luck with those smash burgers. The weather's going to be decent. you gotta, you got to get back on the horse. <laughs> I'll send you a photo, and you can give me a grade. I bet it's going to be like what? a four. <laughs> 
Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Jay. That's Mike Schaefer, Nebraska yeah. football and recruiting for 24-7 sports. Great last question there. You've really made me think. I don't know if you could tell by the way I reacted to your question. <laughs> I just think I just think it's interesting because people always want to know, like, hey, why not more talk about, why not more talk about, and all I can really talk about are the offers because watching in the offers, it's it's just it's really hard to compare, and I just know, I know the pressure that I think that the Coleman family fought to, and maybe pressure is not the right word, to kind of live up to the attention when you have to actually go out there and play because there are some things that just aren't in your control. I mean, can't can't throw yourself the ball. There's just there's just some similarities. Lots still to get to. When we come back, though, I want to go back to what we talked about right at the beginning of beginning of the show. XFL rules that the NFL could adopt. That's next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, before we get into some of these rule changes that we think could potentially impact the NFL in a good way that the XFL is currently doing, I want to give our poll question of the day. You can vote at HVarsity Radio on Twitter. How many nights could you make it on a darkness retreat? Is it less than one, one to two, three to four, or five plus? Aaron Rodgers just getting out of his small 300-square-foot cabin. Do you think he experienced hallucinations or anything like that while he was there? I don't know. I, I, I was reading up on it a little bit the last couple of days, and I don't think – I think body cleanse is part of it. So I don't I don't know if you could take any – I know he likes some natural medicinals, but <laughs> I don't think that that was part – it doesn't sound like that's part of the deal because the – isn't the darkness until like your vision or until you're enlightened? Like I think you'd want to be. Is in that your, what it's for? I think yeah. Like it's just supposed, for enlightenment. It's supposed to come to you like what it is, the clarity and, and direction you're supposed to move. At least as I understand it, it's Do a you lot. Think you between re- that and Brandon Miller over the last five days, like. I'm still trying to piece. You to need to get, go on a darkness retreat. Figure well, just, it's just to a to lot figure going some of those on. things but, out. But the one thing that was bugging me about the Brandon Miller thing is people discussing it without really understanding exactly what I think. And I, as I say exactly, and I think mm-hmm. in the same sentence, right? right? Shame on me. As I read it to be like I spent a, as you know. Fair amount of we time. We read yesterday probably five articles. And it was before, before we talked where, about and it. even before the show, it's like, you know, you want to compare and contrast. Okay, now originally it was this, and then it was this, and wait, why scrolling across the bottom line three days ago, all it said was Brandon Miller gave, all it said was Brandon Miller gave, you know, murder weapon to, mm-hmm. you know, suspect, right, or something like that. And I was like, uh. Is he like, hey, man, do you have a gun I can use? Can you bring me yours? Like, that's kind of what I was thinking. And I, as I as I kind of read, I was like, wow. We're talking about more of a uh, of a intent situation. And I did think it was interesting. I know this is kind of a side note from the poll question, but I'll land the plane here in a sec. When the 
the the DA and the sheriff, so it's the sheriff that gave the testimony, said, hey, there's no link between, there was no clear link between whether Brandon Miller knew what the intent was versus Miles asking him for the gun. And the property that, back. And, and that, right, because nobody got the sense that it was left. Hey, man, I know you just dropped me off. M- my gun is in your back seat, right, which is l- legally registered. And I immediately thought, I was like, man, do you think Brandon Miller knows that Darius Miles is capable of shooting someone? Is he with that guy? Right? So that I didn't want to get into the moral judgment. But I, I somebody sent me something yesterday, and I and I just read it, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on this real quick. And he said, listening, listening back on the gun convo you guys had this morning made me look back at a text conversation I had with my Marine buddy that borrowed my AR, no pun intended, he didn't take Andrew Rogers no. with him, to go hog hunting. He did, I don't remember. I asked him to bring my gun next time he was by and also asked if it was loaded. Now, the difference being nothing bad happened, but context in a situation like that can sure make things different. Yeah, because if you deliver that, say something bad did happen, all you're doing is looking at a text message. You, right. don't, you don't have the intent behind that text message of what it actually means. Unless, I, unless you guys were texting prior to, like, hey, can I use your gun for certain type of hunting? Because you know what I was trying to find? And you know me, like I, I OCD kicked in. So not only am I reading and scouring, I hate being wrong. So I just want to make sure, like I've I've got my ducks in a row. So I'll either say one of two things: Hey, I don't know enough, or this is my opinion. But with this one, since I'm I'm reading, I'm like, so at no point did Miles convey, "Hey, I'm in trouble," or "Hey, I feel threatened," or "Hey, this is getting out of hand." Because if he gives you that, if he says that, and then follows it up with, hey, man, bring me my gun mm-hmm. back. Because I'm trying to figure out why Miles said, you know, there, there's one in the joint, right? So, which is slang for, hey. One in the chamber. There's one in the chamber. So, like, am I missing part of the conversation, or did he truly not know? It's so because he was there before the altercation right took place took place right yeah it's so hard to really and why know. was he texting for an hour to come pick me up if say you know if he was d d that night um because you, you know a lot of times with sports teams or even like with us in a fraternity growing up uh, growing up in college, if I was a freshman in a fraternity. A lot of times it was, hey, the freshmen pick up mm-hmm. the juniors and seniors at the bar, and like you have like a rotation, like a rotational schedule, and yeah. it was just kind of like built in. I'm not saying that's the case with Alabama basketball. Like, hey, the young guy on the team picks up the older guys. Do you think Brandon Miller knew that Miles left his gun in the backseat? Yes. Yeah. Because for me, I would know. I, you know what? I'll take that back. I may not know that you had a gun on you, but if you had a legal a legal firearm, I'm sure he knows. I he would has know. It, I would know but you had he know a gun. It was in the car. Yeah. So yeah. I just, so I don't want to make that assumption. So, like at the end of the day, we know for sure that he's at least guilty of poor judgment. Yeah. That's what. And that's, that's what, what we concluded said. with yesterday. At, at at the at the minimum. And the and the other thing is, 
are are you mad at Oates for clearing up what he knew when he said what he said versus when he said regarding after Miller's performance yeah, in that insensi- game? No, seeming insensitive. He's like, hey, listen, I, I you know, upon further review, I was a little out of line here. Mm-hmm. Do you need a pound of flesh or do you take him at his word? Because I didn't really need my pound of flesh. That was, but I could be naive, too. Yeah, that wasn't my focus, though. My focus wasn't Nate Oates in this whole thing. My focus the whole time was the situation, not the coach's response to the situation. Well, that would be the one to administer punishment, though, because we know you can't get you, – you know you can't charge Brandon Miller. So then you immediately move to how is Nate Oates handling the situation, which is why it's just why it is on my frontal lobe. Do you think it's uh... – and I know we were talking about something completely different, and then we got down this alley. Do you think he's selfish at all in regards to where they're at this season? Because if like, they, does he, does he if care about being a one or a two seed? If no, I'm saying this: if they weren't as good as they are, whatever their record is, say it's like 24 and two. I, I can't remember exactly what it is. If they were 13 and 15. Would this situation be different? Would he handle it differently? Because to some degree, I almost wonder. I'm not that guy, though. But I almost wonder if, hey, because of how good Alabama is this year, he doesn't want to lose his best player. He doesn't want to lose a shot at an NCAA title. So he's thinking, like, how do I protect my player and keep him? Like, why do we do that, though? Like, why 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 do we toss out these hypotheticals that aren't pertinent? Because I think that's how it started. We, we, we've been tossing out hypotheticals since this first no, 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 article no, 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 no. was written about That would the be like me asking you, hey, if you were rich, would you? And you know what you would look at me and say? But I'm not. Can I, can I ask a question? <laughs> like, so, so, why, so if you ask, ask me a question. So, so like I would say, you said, ah, you know, I, I didn't want to pay my brother 50 bucks. You know, he said only. I didn't. Like, only? I have 50 bucks is a lot. And I said, well, if you were rich, would you say that? Well, and, I, you, and you would look at me and you'd be like, duh, DB, if I was rich, I wouldn't have said that. So, so to give you, think, that, so to give was, you that analogy. But, but in that context, is, I think I was laughing more at the only 50 part. Like, no, 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 no. Just like fast forward to the example. Giving you a hypothetical that doesn't pertain to the situation. Just in it at face value, just giving you a hypothetical that has nothing to do with the situation. Like that doesn't aggravate you. No, if he said, if I said, if I said, man, I I just ate a sixteen ounce ribeye and and didn't share one piece of it, and you and you go, well, if you were hungry, would you have done that? Why are you asking me that? It does. It's not in context with what we're talking about. Well, I'm sarcastic, so I probably would. Ask Same that as if they're 24 and two, and you ask me if they're 13 and 14. Why are you asking me that? It doesn't. Well, have because if to they do if they it. don't have any any postseason hope, is what I'm saying. No, because, I get why you, you're you look fast, at like New Mexico but the, but State the and they're hazy. But the instincts. fact of the matter is, they do though. And that's why I'm saying, is that why Nate Oates is so called? Staying protective of his guy in this I don't moment. Know. I, 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 I struggle with those. Yeah, but the hypotheticals happen all the time. People toss around it, it things like that. It doesn't make it a good idea. No, but it, it's good to make somebody think. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll continue next.
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, it's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio. Are you able to come out of the darkness yet, DB? Darkness, everyone, darkness. Would you last more than a day? I wouldn't. That's a long time. Now, I can, so, full disclosure. Yeah, minutes feel like hours. I can, I can stay in my house for, and I have done it before, three consecutive days. But That's I have television. Easy. I have television. Mm-hmm. I have, I, you know, I'm milling around. I can. You can putz. Yeah. Like, even if you but, didn't have TV, take your electronics out of it, you would still be fine for three days. Because you would find things to do inside the house. There's probably a project you haven't gotten to. I'm not good at that stuff. Yeah, but you would figure it out because you I have like to. I like to draw, so would I need something to look? I'm just think, I'm just running through all the things in my head. Could I spend three days in my house with no electronics, no television, no phone? You would go bananas. That would, I, don't, I don't really that would think be, so. That would be my darkness is how long can I spend without my phone? So if nobody would... So these time, like if nobody would judge the frequency in which I interact with them, I could do without my phone for a long time because I mostly look at it for news and scores. If I didn't have to communicate and have you judge me on whether I am communicating or not and want to hear that, I don't really need it. <laughs> I'm just telling like that that's I'm just the, that's just the reality of it. So you know, if I could shoot if I could carry around my computer and get Wi Fi all over the place, it's a bigger screen. I need I need I need bigger font. I would just use I would just use my um laptop. Laptop. <laughs> you got that. I almost you. said lab. <laughs> my laptop. <laughs> so I don't like darkness. And this happened, Shane, what was this, a couple of years ago we were talking about, like, these forms of, like, it's when soundproof is really soundproof. And if you could not hear, like, white noise and background noise, like, how long could you function without hearing anything from anyone? I I think we were talking about a movie, and you were in there with just no... Like, that alone could drive you crazy. A quiet place. Mm-hmm. Let alone just being in the dark. So there's lots of weird stimuli that that don't give us, that allow us to not get the creeps. <laughs> sure. Right? It's like, I know so many people that can't, Ashley's one of them, that can't sleep without a fan on. Like, what if it was just eerily silent? And I mean the whole... I'm good with that. That kind of stuff. Like if you cut that out and it's just like super soundproof, that's going. We've seen people use those torture methods. Like that would could literally drive you crazy. Which is why people say when they do these dark retreats, how do you, you start to? Hallucinate? So is he just using the bathroom in the dark? Probably sitting, sitting to pee. Yeah, I would worry that when you flush, the toilet would rise up and touch the tip. Oh, this is live radio. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Good morning, everybody. Dude, you looked at me like... Did this dude really just was, say that? I was, I was comfortable, I was, man. I was making sure that I heard it right. And so I started laughing because I wanted to kind of like break up like a little bit of that awkward silence. Oh. And then you came to peace with what you said. I was just like, ooh, wait a minute. That's great. That's <laughs> well, great. Actually, not so much. Oh. I don't. So like Howard, is it like, <clears throat> is it like, <laughs> okay. Let me get my Boy, you composure. Want, you always just want to put the tip in. I mean, just, yeah, okay. Hey, do you want a tip? Hang on. It's <laughs> set off. Um, yeah. So, like, you think he gets a little splash? How are you like? Like, do you feel for your food? Do you? Are you not what really you eating? eating? What are you eating? Maybe just like some <laughs> granola bars. <or> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, dude. dude I'm like, ah, whoopsie. <laughs> I just watering. No, that's fantastic. No, actually, not so much. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty so, great. So, when they say natural light, because did you read the 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 piece? It was I did. like, <laughs> like, is it like a hot box? Uh, yeah, like, I would, are caves climate control? <laughs> you I mean, know? Let, me, let, me, let me think about how many caves I've walked I just into. go back to 47 meters down, like, that's what, the sharks were in the dark, which is why they had heightened sense of awareness. Is that the movie where the girls get in the cage? Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, their dad let, was like a let's spelunker, dude. Let's just say don't get into somebody's cage if they aren't licensed right <laughs> yeah because wasn't that the premise of that movie it's hey i'll take you on my boat put you in this cage getting drilled on social media by the way <laughs> so when it goes dark do you just do you just go to sleep and then get up when the sun comes up uh, see how would you, you know you, you couldn't do it because you only sleep like three hours a day how would you know though well in time like how do you keep track of time how do you know what i think like, that's the point though. bedtime What's the thing that he liked to take that everybody made fun of, like, that's really illicit drugs? What's the name of it? Not Indianola. What is uh, what is this that he took and the league was like, hey, this isn't substance abuse? Don't remember. Fudge. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get my bearings. But so if you're like you're in your right, if you're in your right frame of mind, at what point? Does your mind start trying to compensate for stimuli? Is that when you hallucinate? Not hallucinate, but is that when visions come to you? Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. Thank you. Yes, ayahuasca. I don't take it, so I would not know how to pronounce it. So is that that like the... I don't know. I don't think I could go more than a day, to be honest. No, I wouldn't make it a day. Like a full 24 hours, there would like to have to be there would have to be serious money on the line. I could sleep for probably t- eight to ten hours. No way. And then I would last. You're, you're gonna hours. sleep ten of those. You're gonna sleep ten hours. I would force myself to. What if you're not tired? Uh, I feel like if I'm going to a dark place, I'm pretty tired about something. <laughs> yeah. Something's been weighing me down. 
I could sleep it off for 10 hours. Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't give myself more than a – I think safely. I, like, I could probably do it. I'm competitive, so I'll find a way to suffer. But I couldn't go more than 24 hours, I don't think. Dude, that's take, a long That's a long take time. Take family out of it. Take everything. You're, you're single DB yeah. at the age of 24. Yeah. Okay? Even worse. That's a squirrel. So you feel like your headspace now would be better? So 48-year-old single DB? I could compartmentalize and, and control my emotions better. How much money would need to be on the line for you to last three days? Three? Three days. Oh, a lot. Um, this is all relative. But, like, three days? Mm-hmm. Just three. Doesn't seem like a lot right now. No, that's 72 like... hours in the dark, meditating by yourself, no phone, no electronics, nothing. Three days. It'd have to be at least 50 grand. I'd feel like I need more. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lot. I don't know. I think you went. I think you went easy. But I could use the bathroom and eat, right? Because he had a. You can use the bathroom and eat. He had watch, a, watch the splashes, but you could use the bathroom. He had. And eat. You know how sometimes like, so, um, three days. I don't know. I'd need a hundred k. I know I would probably hallucinate. You're giving me at least thirty grand a day. To be Shane, what was the movie with Kevin Bacon when he was in isol- He was at Alcatraz, and he made friends with the spider, and he was like writing on the wall. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Murder in the First. Hmm. Haven't seen that one either. Yeah, like the, I was traumatized watching him go through solitary. Seriously. I, and I remember, like, do you think that would impact you and your decision to do something like this? Yes. When LP used to write, and he was in, so- like, yes. I feel for people that have to have isolated time by themselves because it's 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 easier on someone else. You know, I I I just don't think I could I just don't think I could do that. I don't think I'd recover well. Like Aaron coming out of here feeling better about himself. I don't think I'd I'd be in a better state of mind after doing something like that. I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. It takes a strong individual to be able to pull something like that off. And I'm not I'm not that dude. And then you f- probably just fall back to where you were at, what, a week later? I mean, uh, maybe. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, so, you know, McAfee will get the exclusive, so I, I do want to know. I do, I do <laughs> he will know. get the exclusive. I You're, do want to know how There's it no doubt out. there. Hey, what's your favorite uh, XFL uh, role? Because <laughs> we got into that, didn't we? Right? Wow. Oh, no. Looks like you'll have to wait on that for all of you at home. Ayahuasca is is a quick 15, 20-minute trip. Ayahuasca. You can condense that four-day dark room time in 20 minutes. I'd gladly do it. That's the, that's the hype, man. And he seems nuts, so he'd be so all in. So it's fitting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk with John Dolliver next. and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning.
Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are happy to have you with us live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. What were you doing last night? Were you watching basketball? Perhaps maybe attending a high school basketball game? Well, that's because state championship basketball is right around the corner and we are talking to somebody that knows let's just say a little bit about <laughs> the state tournament he is the nsaa assistant director john doliver john good morning good morning guys M- mr diplomacy the guy that everybody likes jd good morning man how are you i've been good i've been good the uh the weather's caused some things to be a little hectic around here but uh other than that, we've been pretty good. You know, stay right there because I'm sure you wish you could control the weather uh, at points like this in the season. Um, you know, if you had Mother Nature on speed <laughs> dial, I think this would be a lot a lot easier. But how much of a headache has it been for you to go through rescheduling at this, at this point in the season and even finding officials for those games that get rescheduled? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been a challenge. Um, I will say we work with some great people between our athletic administrators and, and all of our schools and then uh, the officials themselves. I, I don't think people understand what it takes to put on a postseason uh, with, with uh, NSA sub-district, district basketball. You know, the, the uh, we had a game the other day that they were going to play it at 4 o'clock and we, they had moved it up and we had to try to find new officials to go to the game and then because of the weather coming in, uh, we get a call and they say they wanted to play it at two o'clock. And of course, this is all contingent on whether or not officials can be there or not. And, and all three of those officials found a way to be there to tip a game off at two o'clock. And that game was in, actually in Ogallala. And so, if you know where Ogallala is at, it's not yeah. real easy to get to unless you're in Ogallala. And so, it's uh, those those officials, the, the dedication that they have. And so, um, obviously, it's a lot of games, a lot of moving parts. It takes a lot of communication from. Uh, our, our officials and from the athletic administrators and uh, I can't say enough about the the work that they do to make sure that all of this goes on but uh, that's that's kind of one of the things behind the scenes that officials do that I don't think people realize that they're wanting and willing to be able to go at a drop of a hat to be at a game so that our kids can participate in these meaningful games. John at least on the surface and all our interactions over the years you seem very easygoing um like I said, kind of joking, pretty diplomatic, but you do work and represent the charter member schools. How does your personality work with kind of the ideas and suggestions, kind of knowing your role and in, in, in a servant leadership role for NSAA and knowing when to kind of shut some of those ideas off? Yeah, you know, one of the things that uh, the NSA is a member-driven organization, obviously, you know, there are things that Everybody wants to do and everybody thinks that should be different. Um, but ultimately, our member schools are the ones that help make those decisions. And I think that's some of our role at the NSA is to help either promote those decisions so that they can be um, reality. And I, I look at the shot clock as an example of that. You know, this year we, we implemented uh, the Class A shot clock. That was something that uh, the Class A schools were, were very in favor of. And, I, and you know, from my uh, interactions with the shot clock this year it's been a real positive for class a uh, we're going to hopefully add it next year in class b and so i think it's just taken taking a lot of things in stride you know everybody this time of the year basketball is a long season and you know sometimes things go the way we want them to and sometimes they don't um, and it's just kind of one of those things where you kind of got to ride the, the wave of emotion of coaches of fans of officials um, and then you know ultimately we get to the finish line here and it, it's it's a 
accomplishment of a season-long, you know, uh, journey that these that these coaches and officials and and players and communities have been on. And so, um, I don't know. I, it's it, there are times that it gets pretty stressful. There are times that people's emotions get involved, but. Just trying to remember what we're doing and why we, why we do it. Three day versus four day venue switches. You guys, you've had to kind of go through it all. And I go back to the year that you get. There was the pandemic, and one of the few sports that pulled it off in the country. When you look at where you are heading into twenty three, this next calendar year, versus what you had to go through during the pandemic, and how you've kind of reformulated this, the state tournament. Were there some positives that you learned going through that stretch? Absolutely. You know, we, we were able to put the uh, – we were one of the very few states that were able to finish their Boys and Girls Basketball Championships in 2020. Um, obviously, 21 threw us in another wrinkle where we didn't have the Bob Devaney Sports Center uh-huh. uh, at our disposal, and the folks at Pinnacle Bank Arena and Lincoln Public Schools helped us put on the 21 championship in a unique way. Uh, we, we spread it out um, from a Tuesday to a Saturday, two weeks in a row. Uh, and we're able to play all of those games. And then uh, we'll go back to last year where Pinnacle Bank Arena hosted the Big Ten Wrestling Championships yeah, uh, during the Girls' State Championship week. And so if you remember, we played all of those games in one week, uh, inter- intermingling the boys and the girls. And so we learned some things during that time frame uh, about scheduling, about how we, you know, cleaning out the arena and making sure that we can get uh, the next teams in. And so – uh, absolutely. There, there were some positives to take away. I think the four-day format, you know, it was always something that I thought was would be beneficial for our championships because we were playing in Lincoln Public Schools with our classes C2, D1, and D2, and they did a great job of hosting. I, I'm a small school kid. I played yeah. in those gyms growing up, and the atmosphere in those high school gyms was second to none. But ultimately, when we turn people away and people can't get into the facility, um, we had to look at a different option, and our, our board and the, the folks here in Lincoln were uh, very gracious in, in going to a four-day format now, and, and we'll have uh, our schools playing at both Pinnacle Bank and the Bob Devaney Sports Center and, and hopefully providing uh, you know, opportunities that uh, make lifelong memories for these uh, kids, coaches, and communities. We're talking to John Dolliver, NSAA Assistant Director overseeing basketball and and. and variety of other sports but in this case we're talking uh postseason basketball and and what's to come and john you know i want to commend the nsaa for securing every game at pba or devaney i feel like trev alberts when he said (laughs) matt i just want to thank you like no john i just want to thank you because i remember having to drive all over town just to cover the teams in my viewing area when I was in Sioux City. You mentioned like the C1 teams, yeah, the yeah. D1, D2, and I'm at yep. Lincoln North Star. Now I'm at Southwest, and like the games are buttoned up to each other. So selfishly, I know media members are, are thankful that something like this uh, this change, they, they appreciate the change, right? Um, but beside that, beside just changing it because, you know, Devaney and PBA were available – is a change like this, not having it in the public schools, meant more for the student-athletes so that they can feel the, the so-called state tournament atmosphere at the, best, uh, at the best level it can be? Do you know what I mean by that, by, by bringing, bringing them yeah. to the biggest venue so that it's not like just another high school game? Absolutely. You know, and, and that's, that's the, that was the other draw to this, you know, obviously getting fans in there, but kids, you know, get to play in the Devaney center and Pinnacle bank arena. And, and, you know, as a, 
as a kid, I think those are the important things when, you know, it's a state tournament, but you still, you get to play in an arena and, you know, and that, that was one of the other draws that we had. So again, any, the atmosphere is important and, and the venue is important and we try to provide the best uh, atmosphere and the best venues that we can. And if they're available to us, we want to be able to use them. And thankfully, like I said, the, the things that happened over the 21 and 22 state championships kind of, uh, forge this uh, new schedule that we have, and and we're excited about it. John, you also you know you talked about officiating, and and that is on your watch. Was there some comfort, some ease, knowing that the venues were narrowed down with the official availability at, at, at such a high stakes juncture during the season? Yeah, you know it, it creates a little bit different uh, scheduling of officials for us. Uh, you know we were we were running four sites in one day, and so we've got officials running all over the city. Uh, you know, and and this this allows us to give some more people some opportunities, spread things out a little bit over four days, and and bring in the high quality officials that we have uh, from across our state. You know, as I think about a person in your position leading up to state this year. I think more like, man, is it more stressful planning this way early on or is it more stressful executing the event? For you, which one is it? Is it being there, making sure everything goes right, or is it on the front end making sure things are set up and expectations can be met eventually? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with both of those because this event is probably one of the biggest ones that we put on in our state. So the planning of it, you want everything to be – uh, be amazing because this is maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity for uh, a team or a community where they get here. We're, we're probably going to qualify some teams that maybe their first time ever qualifying for the state championship. So that planning piece of it, you want this to be uh, the biggest. You want it to be a lifelong memory, something that they that they'll never forget. And so that piece of it is is very important to me that that in, in the NSA so that we put on. Uh, a first-class uh, operation and a show for, for everybody. And then I tell a lot of people, the state basketball tournament's like a big family reunion. We get people from all corners of the state that travel to watch either the girls' championship or the boys' championships, uh, and they do it every year, whether their teams qualify or not. And so the other part of that then is the day of and, and that week uh, of those championships. You want that experience when they get there uh, to be a positive one. You know, whether they win or they lose, uh, you want them to be able to come in and, and have a positive experience with, with being in Lincoln, playing at the Devaney Center or playing at Pinnacle Bank Arena. And you know what? We, we want it as much as we want everything to be perfect. We also understand that it's not going to be. And so that stress then becomes a little bit more, too, because somebody's going to be unhappy with something. And it's trying to try to, to maneuver through those obstacles that happen at the, at the championships. And again, just make it make it as smooth as we can and, and have it a, be a positive experience for everybody involved. John, you've done a fantastic job with your crew just kind of addressing um, maybe what some concerns are or, you know, you hear some grumblings and obviously you're representing the charter member schools. Is there something that you see next on the horizon? You know, sometimes I hear, well, sub-districts versus regular districts, even though I don't think people sometimes understand, you know, to get to eight in a field, why sub-districts are essentially kind of the same as – quarterfinals and playoffs right but and football let's say but having said all that is there something like next on the docket that you're like okay we're we're moving the ball forward in in this stage this is probably what we'd like to see next in terms of coming together as a as a as a membership group yeah i think there's two things that come to my mind the the first one is the shot clock i think that's going to continue to be a conversation piece 
Uh, obviously, Class A and B will probably have it by next year, and I think then the, the lower four classes are going to have to make a decision on that. So I think that's one thing that uh, will will change here in the next. I don't know. It may it may take a little longer in the smaller classes, but I do see that as the next thing uh, to impact the game of basketball in our state. And then you brought up the sub districts, and there's always conversation yeah. about that. We've had proposals written by some of our member schools the last few years to kind of uh, tweak the way we do things and and where we're at now is a, in a different spot than where we were when I started working at the NSA uh, with geographical sub districts and then a 16 team uh, district final field uh, and and not taking geography into account uh, the lower classes don't have a have a wild card that qualifies them for the state tournament so I could see if, if you notice we had some sub districts and both the girls and the boys side that had uh, a lot of really good teams in them just based off of where they were located at. And I think that there will be some maybe some proposals that come forward uh, to maybe uh, do some different things geographically, still keep geography because geography is an important part of our state. Yeah. Um, and I think that that will be one thing that our schools continue to talk about, whether or not they can agree on on what that change looks like and how we move forward. You know, ultimately, you know, I think everybody's goal is to try to get the eight best teams of the state tournament. But it's called March Madness for a reason, and there are teams that get upset, and there may be a, an, an instance where we get a team in that's not one of the top eight, and that's okay. Um, and, I, and I think people need to understand that. But for the most part, our district final format right now is, is in a good place. It's better than where it was. And I just see our, our, uh, our schools trying to maybe make some changes on sub-districts. We've seen some upsets so far, so um, yeah. we'll, we'll probably – I shouldn't say probably. We'll definitely see some uh, more even, uh, as as the uh, games go on. John, thanks so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Good luck with everything that's to come for you, and uh, hopefully your job won't be too challenging this year. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, John. John Dolliver, NSAA Assistant Director, overseeing basketball. He's, like, uh, quiet, cool. Definitely. Like, he, he spent some time. Like, he's just he, – he's a – I was listening a, to him, and you kind of looked at me like, dude, are you going to, like, talk? Like, it's, like, time for you to say something. <laughs> he's a cool And customer. I thought he was still, like, finishing a thought. Yeah. Didn't realize there was a period there. I told you grammars, <laughs> man. I was waiting for my period. Country grammar. <laughs> hey, as we talk about those rules, though, um, because the shot clock, I think, is it w- was such a great addition to the game. I know it kind of goes back and forth with, like, stylistic – uh, notion for hey a lot of times like we like to score 24 points and yeah. then we like to kill clock because that's how we win games but more times than not from an entertainment standpoint having a shot clock is is something that I think needs to be done across the board yeah two great coaches come to mind with I think polar opposite vantage points right I look at a guy like coach Woodard at Bellevue West he probably he wants to play significantly different than a guy that's racked up a few state championships of his own in Jim Weeks, let's say at Auburn, mm-hmm. right, who we watched play a game in the low 30s that went to overtime this year. So I think, I think it's – because I wonder how many times coaches say, yeah, you know what, you're right. I want to play what's aesthetically pleasing to you. Versus never, ver- never. <laughs> right? versus never. gosh, I sure would like to win games, but the kids have to want to do it too, right? So maybe that's part of it. Like when it comes to school choice, like how how do we play? But it's hard to argue with 
results when, when coaches win, right? There was that stretch at Millard North where everybody was like, man, single wing, oh, they're running they're running trap veer in midline, right? Well, you won a lot of <laughs> state <laughs> championships, right? And, and, and some people are like, ah, you know, I want to get in four and five wide and go empty. Some people want to play 94 feet. Some are – some are very methodical. Some have the options to do both, like Coach Feekin at, at Gretna, who I've seen play multiple styles. So, I mean, I don't know how much coaches actually factor in, hey, this gives us the best chance to win versus, okay, you know what, this would be a lot more entertaining. Or there would be more people here if <laughs> we had a shot clock. <laughs> I doubt that comes to mind. All they care about is winning games and uh, – and doing it, you it's know what, it's you know what I wonder. You said wash, rinse, repeat yesterday when you talked about um, the agitated cycle. The agitated cycle. It's kind of like that for coaches that win. Wash, rinse, repeat. Like you don't want to change too much in no, there. No, I get it. I to- I I totally get it. I I think the the venue thing has come up so much, right? Where I always wondered. You know, I I do those state broadcasts for football, and I mean, do do you want? You want fifteen hundred in Memorial Stadium, or do you want, you know, fifteen hundred in in Ord, right? Because the year during COVID. the pandemic, yeah, they, you know, they I were remember going to at, Pierce. At, they were playing those games at home sites, and I thought, well, shoot, that was cool. But then I was like, well, it's fudge. Co- if I, those if are I'm, cooler I, for the athlete, if I, though. If I'm Lonnie Tapp and I'm coaching Benson, I'm going to Norfolk. I don't think that was very cool. I'd love a neutral site. So right. I don't know, like, the small feel, cozy versus neutral site. I don't know if how that works in those yeah. big venues. Because I don't want to speak I don't want to speak for those families because I'm not – I want to play in an as raucous environment as possible. Yeah. And, and that's you saying, hey, I'd like to play at a high school versus, hey, I'd like to play at 1500 Memorial Stadium. Well, I mean, could, I you, could, you, could you get 8,000 in a high school building? I don't think you can, but you will get. You could get 8,000 in a, in a Class A state championship game, right? So, Right. I well, and for me, you know, I think of it more as this is a moment that high school kids look forward to. Like, they, they play for this game. They play to play at PBA in this case, or Memorial Stadium in your football example. Whether there's 100 people there or whether there's – you know, 20,000 people there. Growing up, I just remember, like, could you imagine if, like, this team, if this group, if we made it there going that far and playing in a gym that I probably won't play in again? Yeah, I think, I, I like think this, that a yeah, lot, too. Yeah, I could see that. I remember, and he brought up, hey, not having access or, you know, turning people away. And I remember, you know, a handful of years ago, Winnebago had a guy, David Winget, and kind of, you know, me saw – we would always you – know, what time you go in there? Because it was played in high school. I mean, lines would be around the corner, right? And you knew that you you may not get in. And that was a stretch where there was a lot of non-class um, A and B, really, really high-quality basketball players. And those gyms were, like, packed to the gills. And I think those are some of those things that stick in, you know, the charter member school's memories when they're like, ah, you know, do they, do they deserve a, a bigger experience, a bigger platform versus – Man, I'm I'm a high school guy, and I like to be in a high school gym. Like, Platteview is a hard place to play. It's a small gym. It's right. pretty quaint, right? Maybe they like that advantage in terms of the small gym type atmosphere. So I always I'm always leery about speaking for the the masses. But I I know for me personally, I think it would be cool 
to play someplace that I normally wouldn't play, right? I mean, put, p- pitting, getting 30,000 in Friday Night Lights for Dallas Carter and Permian, or 50,000, and a, and a 85,000 venue, stadium. stadium. Not hard. I'd be cool with that. Not hard. It seemed kind of empty if you were the Cowboys playing in that right. venue, but I'm sure it's cool for the high school kids. Yeah. You know, they get 20K anyway. Yeah, and you know, just at at the end of the day, it's what are you what are you playing for, right? Like, for me, again, like you, you say you don't want to speak for other people, and I don't feel like I am in any case. By, I just by don't know how people in, at Howell's Dodge feel about playing in a big venue. So I don't want to say, oh, man, I think that they'd love to play a PBA or whatever, you know. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, state tournaments for the longest time have always been at a at a collegiate venue. venue. Um, I haven't seen one that's gone to a professional venue outside of football. Um, is basketball, have they gone to? Like, I mean, is, does, does, it, Lewis, it, does Lewis Central love going to the Unidome? I don't know. I'm sure they think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it would be hard to adjust to go to high school. So, like, it, if I had a kid that, you know, played on a team that went to state, um, like, yeah, I'm watching my kid, so at the end of the day, that's fine. I don't care if it's in a high school facility or if it's in a collegiate facility. But if I'm just an average fan, I want to watch it in the collegiate facility because it's like you're, you're playing for something mm-hmm. at the biggest stage. You want to give them uh, the biggest experience you can. By changing that during the COVID year, I will, I'll say this. It, I thought the atmosphere was not the same because they weren't at Memorial Stadium. Does that make sense? Like the change it, in it, my head. It definitely seemed flip. different. And that year during COVID, we didn't use rotating. You know, we didn't do three games. And not to say it wasn't they exciting just, for they just those spread, schools. They spread the sites out on, for, through Nebraska Public Media. And so I only had the one game. and. I know Verse had one, and we were just kind of comparing the experiences. Like, it's – I think he had Ord that year in the championships. I don't know, whatever. I had West Side and Elkhorn South, and it it just seemed different than than being in, at Memorial Stadium. Now, the rings and the, the trophy still is raised and more than the same, but it the, the, the environment seemed mm-hmm. different. Yeah, you, you won't get as much noise, but that so-called cool factor for the kids and just being there, uh, I think that that pays greater dividends in the end. It may not have as much of an impact, like I said, noise-wise for the game, mm-hmm. but just being able to step foot on Memorial Stadium and uh, on the field and say, like, whoa, like – I'm not good enough to be a college football player. But, but we're I, here. But we're here. Yeah. Right? And, oh, I get and it. we're going to enjoy this moment. We appreciate John uh, coming on to the show. We'll continue talking high school sports with Mike Sauter at 9 o'clock. We also have uh, a couple of other things we want to get to. I got Go one for you. Uh, my, my guy, he says, I can tell you from experience, Class C and D kids are so happy and very thankful to make it to the state tournament. But every one of them would prefer to be playing at PBA or Devaney. So I've, that's kind of along your lines. Yeah, I just think for a kid, they they want the they want the thing they don't get, right? That's what you play for. If you can step foot on that court at one point in time, it's a win. Yeah, it's a win, and that's there. what that's what you play for. Uh, coming up, do we want to talk XFL rules or Nebraska? We'll find out <laughs> next. <laughs>
Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back to the show, 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved at any time, it's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, 590 ESPN Omaha. Live on Twitter, live on YouTube. Hopefully you're having some fun with us this Friday morning because we're having a good time. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. Again, we have Mike Sauter coming up at 9 o'clock on the show. We end the show with Matt Verzal at 9.45. We'll do a little trivia at 9.30. Hopefully DB studied up. You ready to go for that? I don't know. He came off a big dub last week. We'll see. Uh, oh, boy, did Joe have a hard time with those. <laughs> Joe was kind of mad at himself. I felt bad. He's, I mean, we've all dropped the ball. I, well, you felt bad because you like him more than me. Oh, it's close. I don't know about more. It's a tie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tie goes to the runner, and that's Joe in this case. <laughs> Shane, ask him if he's going to be all right. That's what I want to know. You gonna be all right? Hey, do you want to get into what we were going to talk about at seven thirty, but no, never did? I absolutely do not. The XFL rules? Why not? Because there's three that I think the NFL should adopt. Uh, can I pick one? Yeah, I guess one. Well, the easy one is kickoffs. Easy, right? Because I, I would definitely do that. Well, and it involves me to see a little bit more of Devin Hester, or the next Devin Hester. And those big, strong athletes only 10 yards apart, like just having to get, like, good butt position, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be interesting. And at least I could see returns. And that's it for me. I mean, so both – this rule is this. At the start of a kickoff, both teams will be lined up five yards apart. Only the kicker and returner on the kickoff play will be allowed to move until the ball is caught or until the ball has been on the ground for three seconds. But outside of that, you're right. The XFL did this to limit injuries. That was at least um, the the so-called premise of that rule, right? Uh, And I'm with it a little bit. Like running full speed at one another from 40 yards apart can – you know, be cause for concern sometimes. That's why I say things like I said this morning, a lot of collisions. But I'll tell you what, though, if a player gets rocked, I mean, that's an energy boost for your special team. Yeah, but they, they, your they, team. they just don't want it. They enjoy it. I just think they want to take the highlight portion of that out of the game. Sure, sure. Right. And, and that's why I'm behind that. What do you think another rule is that I like? Um, the on, no onside kick, you go, it's fourth and fourth and 15 from and, the 25. Yep. In, in the fourth quarter when you're behind. So every fourth quarter, after a team has scored, that said team can attempt a fourth and 15 from their own 25 to keep possession. That is what the Battlehawks did. Your Battlehawks did that last in, week. In week one. This is way better than an onside kick. Way better. <laughs> fourth and 15? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Think yeah. about what you're doing here. You're putting the ball in your best players' hands to create an extra possession for your team. Uh. Would you rather, at at the end of a game, have your kicker try to put it perfectly without it rolling out of bounds or, you know, having to kick it to more times than not the best hands team um, for opposition? And remember, they've limited how you can line up on onside kicks now. Correct. So rules make it even harder. So it's harder to recover. And now you instead say, hey, Patrick Mahomes, you're trailing the Chargers in week six or whatever. 
why don't we put you out for a fourth and 15 with a minute to go on the clock? Because worst case scenario, you either get it or you don't, and the game's still over. At what point do you think people will stop saying, hey, there's not much in the playbook for fourth and – if you – in the XFL, they have fourth and long plays Mm -hmm. now. (laughs) Hey, this is our fourth and and 15-plus, okay? The over, the dig, the little post. I mean, people will have that in their repertoire, which is I don't even know why people say that. Like, people throw for 15 yards or more all the time. All the time. But every time it's like third long. Not many plays in the playbook for this one, Jim. Let's run it. (laughs) And I said, Jim, and I'm not making it. I know. I know. I guess you are. (laughs) No, this time I wasn't. This time a lot of people say that. But, you know, to throw for 15-plus in the NFL, unless you're, you know, Zach Wilson, it. Like people were doing that all the time, or you know Justin Fields. There were 56 onside Josh kicks Fields, attempted Fields. during the 2022-23 season. 56. How many were recovered? 14. Three. Oh, three successfully. <laughs> Not very recovered. exciting. And you know what's 5. weird about 3%. that? You know what's weird about that? The kickers are so talented now. Mm-hmm. They can do all but sorts of. But you're kicking of, it to Travis I know, you, Kelsey, and you can only DeAndre have, Hopkins. And you can only have, you can't have, you can't overload a side anymore. So right. you're, you're like balanced up. I think you can go six and four, and that's it. So, but the kickers are so talented. I, you should watch our special teams period. I'm like, I, and I was on the hands team. I wouldn't want to field some of those balls. No. Like, they can, I don't know, these kickers can manipulate. But just the based on the numbers thing. and stats, that's not something I want to see. That's amazing. I'd want to see that is low. Way low. Way low. Are you sure that's yeah, accurate? According to the football database. 50, first of all, 57 seems low for onside kick. 56, yeah. Even lower. Did 57. They, like, that. That seems slow. Now, three is minuscule recoveries. Yeah. I, I mean, you would you would have to think, too, a lot of those balls just were batted out of bounds. Now, I'm going out, out on a limb here with your third one. I'm going on a limb. Hit me. But because we were talking about the pace of the play and quickening the game, 25-second mm-hmm. play clock? No, but good thought. I did think about that. But I don't think the play clock bothers me all too much in the NFL. Do you know how many times a game you watch that thing hit zero and nobody throws uh-huh. a flag? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought a little bit. I don't know if you watched that play on third down yesterday for the Battle Hawks, but yeah. I could have sworn the zero, zero was on there before A.J. McCarron snapped um, or got the snap. I, so I thought you may like 25. No, the last one I like is the challenge flag rule. So in the XFL – it's a one-time-per-game challenge. But in the XFL, what you can do here is throw the flag at literally anything. At anything. So if there's a judgment call that you don't agree with, say pass interference, roughing the passer, maybe a holding penalty, you can throw the flag and that can get reviewed. And here's why I say I think this could be a good idea. Officiating in the NFL is, has been a touchy subject for many viewers of the sport. No matter who's playing, somebody always has something to say about officiating. And it's not just the NFL. We talked about that in college basketball just yesterday. But this would best benefit those type of calls. It seems like a no-brainer move. It seems like a move that the NFL, if they, if they implicated... 
Implemented? Implemented, correct. Implemented, different word. <laughs> hey, you've been implicated. You, yeah. <laughs> if they implemented, that would fix the product. Yeah. So are you cool with the challenge? So do you like the XFLs better and that's the thing? Or you think something's wrong with how the NFL does it? I think I, – I don't think there's anything wrong with how the NFL does their challenge rule. I just think – have the, the way the XFL has their challenge rule, it can clear up some of those so-called deciding viewpoints at the end of games. Say we look at the Super Bowl, for example, that holding call at the end. If the Eagles chose to throw that flag and they looked at it and still called it a hold, nobody would talk about it the next day. Because they'd say, oh, well, the NFL went to review and got it right. I'm not saying we need robots and TV cameras to call plays like official. We need human error out there. Like, we need that human element. But when, the, when Major League Baseball first went to, hey, challenging calls at first base, I'm like, man, like, you're taking that out. You're taking the, the refs, uh, the refs, the umps out of games by doing that. But then I s- saw the repercussions of the rule. And was like, wow, I kind of like that. Because it, it, it made it a little, it tightened it up, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it. I just. It's the, a, think of it as a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Do you like the way that they use Blandino? I don't think that's, they have a similar thing, you know, on Sundays in the NFL with the Central Command Center. But, I mean, Blandino is like on it immediately. And granted, there's only one game going on. They're coming back with those verdicts in like milliseconds. I love it, and they're even asking Blandino, "Hey, Dean, how'd you how'd you get, how'd you come back with that so quick?" Well, you know, we have these certain angles queued up. You know, we have these spots, and I'm just thinking, is that feet? Could you have like, you know, sixteen of the or you're only going to play play at most eight games in the window? Can you have eight of those guys at the in the central, you know, replay booth already? breaking it down and i love watching him like yeah and rewind like, it yeah. and he's like all right let's take the sky cam. let's take the sky cam all right yep ball was out ball was out you got the call right i also love how everybody has a hot mic they're gonna get caught they're gonna get caught <laughs> and i'm just waiting for it to happen yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, i'm just kind of sitting back and just ooh, i'm on the edge of my seat yeah too much happening without messing up everybody has a hot mic that probably should get removed Hey, when we come back, let's uh, talk Nebraska next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, do you have an issue with your car? Not this time. Just got it fixed. I see, and you hit a curb, hit a light pole, maybe hit a sign, a stop sign. Did you run into the stop sign? Did your car skid, and uh, you hit another car because of it? That almost happened to me on Thursday, as I told DB. Oh, no, this was Wednesday, but Thursday I told DB. I was like, I almost had to take my car to Dingman's. Uh, well, coming Dingman, around the corner. Yeah, Dingman's Collision Center <laughs> almost got my business, but not yet. 
Not yet. It's coming soon, though, because as I told you guys uh, either yesterday or two days ago, a light came on in my car, and I'm like, I need to go get that checked out. But then Darcy chimes in on our show today and says, ah, well, I'm I'm at the beach right now, so uh, yeah, you guys enjoy the cold weather. Did she s- I'm going to blow this. It, it's St. Croix. Croix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I. you know what I am? Croix? No. <laughs> I'm not. Listen, I'm. Sorry, I said implicated. I'm not, you know, Mensa smart, but I'm not a ding dong either. I was not going to say. Fan, I was not going to say Croix. I was going to say Lacroix and not Saint Croix. <laughs> Jeez, Croix. I'm 48. Like, <laughs> I was part of Hooked on Phonics. Do Hooked on with, Phonics style. Croix. You thought I was going to say Croix. I thought you were going to say Croix. <laughs> no, I almost was going to in my head I was thinking, shoot, is it LaCroix or or as LaCroix, the brothers would that, say, was Leak Croix. Um, sparkling water, right? Yeah, which my whole household hates, but I happen to like. So no wonder you were thinking LaCroix. It's on your it's on your mind. My mom has about three cases, four cases, maybe five, and it's a, one It's a uh-huh. fan favorite of a WWBD. See? Mm-hmm. That's why we get, a, that's why Barry and I get along. Mm-hmm. La, LaCroix is fire. You get the right I'm not a sparkling water fan. I know. Shame on you. I need bubbles. There's club soda in this, in which, look what happened. Now, one ice cube, and it is pretty flat. I could grow some sea monkeys in here. Did you used to order those when you were a kid and it, see if they would grow? Yes, the sponges or whatever. <laughs> uh, I was killing time with Zoe yesterday at Walgreens waiting for Micah because he wanted to go to kids' club so he could hoop. And we went to Walgreens, and apparently she goes there quite a bit with her mom because she knew every coloring book and every sticker. I was like, ah, oh, you guys kill time at Walgreens a lot because I've never seen any of these. She knew what was in every book. And it's kind of high. Like, it's not, that's not, like, cheap. Does Jenny say, hey, bring your crayon. We're going to go color at Walgreens. Well, we can't take we, anything I, home, I do but we're going to color there. It, it drives me crazy. But I do think we're the only four-year-old. I have the only four-year-old with, like, 226 markers and 370,000 crayons. I don't think so. Dude. I think you'd be surprised. Like, what is going on? Do we? You said you liked art. It just how passed are we, on to How zone. are we acquiring... 95 million things to write and draw with. There's a lot of color out there. Four-year-olds don't need markers unless they're washable. The four-year-olds don't Your need crayons. four-year-old crayol- isn't four. <laughs> She's nine. She pulls these crayons off the deal yesterday, and she goes, Dad, these sharpen. They don't get dull. I was like. We're leaving. Never mind. She's 10. <laughs> We're leaving. <laughs> and I don't even know what they wore. I think you, like, twist them or something. They look like pencils to me, but apparently they were crayons. And I looked at them, and they were, like, 8 bucks. I was like, why would anybody pay seven ninety nine for these? Like, do they, do they last a year? You'd be surprised. It's probably one of those as-seen-on-TV products. No, it was Crayola. Like, it was legit in the yellow and green box. Like, it wasn't, like, some knockoff. They were, like... I can't even remember the term, but they were like crayons that didn't go, you know, you didn't get the nub. (laughs) You just like rolled them. So it was kind of like a mechanical version of a crayon. Right. If it was Sutter's segment, I'd ask him because I know he knows. (laughs) Although he probably doesn't take his kids shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Jack, yeah, you're, just, just get, you're just fueling him up. Just getting him fired up. For <laughs> fueling his, him up for 9 o'clock. Yeah, just firing him up for his scut segment. Hey, you know, so, somebody else said uh, uh, something that could be taken as fired up 
on Wednesday. We talked to Kevin Suits, and uh, he was talking about Nebraska basketball, and I had mentioned NIT for them. And he's like, whoa there. I'll be the first guy to say this. Nebraska NIT? There is an outside possibility, and I'll be this guy. <laughs> be that guy. Be that guy. You could make the NCAA tournament. Laugh all you want. Yeah, he, yeah. Said, he said it. it. Did Nebraska run the table and win a game in the Big Ten tournament? I mean, that's they have you, to win two games in the Big Ten tournament. I don't know if you get if you get Minnesota, Michigan State, Iowa. Iowa would be on the road. You would get, and I don't think Iowa's very good right now. Well, have you seen them shooting the ball? Yeah, I just and they don't guard anybody. So I, I, I think, I mean, Iowa City. I don't know. Is that like some house of horrors? Not sure. But if Nebraska closed out winning four straight, are you having the discussion? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I think you have to win five to get in. Like, you have to win two in the Big Ten tournament to get in. But if they close out the regular season, at no question they're in the NIT. Well, you for, no sure have to get, you, you for sure have to get the next two at the house. Yes. You got you to get Michigan the, State will be their hardest match. That'll you think Michigan game. State at home is more difficult than Iowa on the road? Iowa shooting six of 51 from three over their last two games. Yeah, they'll figure that out, though. I, I don't think so. They're like in their last five, 20 of a hundred or something. Well, I mean, shot selection does matter, but I, at home, friendly confines. I mean, mate, let's say they don't. Okay, so no, let's think the unthinkable here just for a second, which you know I don't even really like doing. I like to kind of. Are we stay, doing a hypothetical? I like to kind of stay. In. Hypotheticals are fine. I just don't like making up things that don't have anything to do with looking at the facts. So that it's it's kind of different. Like, does it make sense to extrapolate on Nebraska going three and zero? Yes. Does it make sense for me to think that if Brandon Miller was on a twelve and thirteen team? No. One could actually happen. One didn't. So that's the difference in terms of hypotheticals. Does that make sense? Do you want to get off your soapbox now? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I hate making good <laughs> points, but dang. Like, they're 24 and th- three or two. Like, I, why would I venture to guess if they were 12 and 13? Hey, some people we're just, just like vi- to think We're inventing problems. Um, That's society. If, you know, no question, which is why I don't feel like I don't want to contribute. I don't want to contribute, even though I do think Amazing Daniel. I volunteer Daniel, as tribute. Although I do think Amazing Daniel gave me a great example that I didn't even use. And I knew it drew your ire, so I didn't go there because I wasn't trying to get you gassed up again about the whole different cultural differences in loaning a friend a gun or returning a gun to a friend. So I was like, eh, let me get off of that. But anyway, if Nebraska does go 3-0, and uh, you get two more quad one wins. <sighs> That'd make them five, yes. right? And one in the Big Ten tournament. I can't even believe we're talking about Nebraska not having the ability to be playing on the first day in the Big Ten tournament. And what in the world, speaking of which, did you watch Ohio State's act down the stretch last night? Hey, what did I say about Ohio State when Brian Edwards was talking about it? But here's the thing, though. So how those games went were just the opposite. That's why, that's why gambling is obviously extremely I hard. Don't like it. Both lines, I thought, were bad lines. Ohio State had no business being favored. That no is business. not that is not a good basketball team. Okay, not a good basketball team. So it's like, golly, they're just they're begging you to bet Penn State. The the public's gonna look at that and be like, eleven and sixteen, sixteen and eleven. Okay, I know Penn State's a little shaky on the road. Man, I'm gonna take the home team. Vegas is trying to tell me something, so we'd overthink it. Nah, Penn State covered. 
Right. And then you look at the other Big Ten game. And it was exactly the way that we thought, right? No way, Illinois. Now, they still won by four, so it's not like the skin of their teeth. And they teeth. were down 18 at half. And so it was like, huh, maybe the line was about right. So it worked. The, the, whiz, the thinking worked out for Northwestern. Hammer Northwestern all day long, ATS. Now, I actually think Northwestern, I wanted them to win the game just because I think they're good. and That would have given them another quad one win which would have put them at eight but that's why you don't have like those blanket thought processes for when you're going to the window at vegas unless you're like mike Sauter and you're like one team away from hitting a 32 team four dollar 32 teamer and you're mad for seven days <laughs> <laughs> or andrew rogers for that matter too <laughs> we should go through mike starter screenshots about being one game away <laughs> I'm only one game away. away. Uh, game away. I'll too. be here to save JP. You seem very hurt right now. You're gonna, you're gonna be all right. No. <laughs> That's actually Mike Sauter probably calls himself Superman. I actually kind of like that song. Charlie Puth. Is that who sings it? Sure is. But I like the song though. I don't. It's a good pianist. I don't know much about that. I aspire to be a good keyboard player, but I'm not. <laughs> We're not talking about tips here, DB. <laughs> it's not that funny. It's not that funny. Hey, can a, can a team of misfits, though, run the table? Like, I doubted them. Now, I'll be the first to say it. I, I still laugh at Sam saying, oh, I, I think they could they get to 14. Yeah, I or said I said they had two wins left on the schedule before Sam said they get to 14. Yeah. Then I said they only have one win left prior to the game against Maryland. I and I thought know that what, was Minnesota. I, Shane, sometime over the weekend or maybe during Sauter's segment in between the us and ums, you got to find my response to when Sam said that he thought Nebraska could get to 14. Because I think at that time they only had 11. Wins. No more than 12, but, yeah, 11 or 12. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, oh, they get there. I said, oh, there's nothing to talk about. Hoiberg will be back next. Yeah, because we were talking Hoiberg and his contract. And it was relatively early. It might have been only one game into this now however many game run. I wonder what my response was when he said, I think I was like, what? Wait, really? Huh? I it was something like that when he said it during the interview. You probably said really. That's kind of like your or maybe huh? your go-to term. Or, hmm. Something like that. Made you think. And he looks pretty smart right now. I do know that. Hey, kind of like our next guest coming up next. He looks smart. He may not act it sometimes. He's Mike so Sauter, I want high the school sports insider at Herdat Sports. He's live in studio. We do that next. and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Mike Sauter. I, I would agree, Damon. Mike Sauter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Sauter. Oh man, you're gonna put me on the spot. Mike, Mike Sauter. You know it, 9 o'clock on a Friday means we are talking to Mike Sauter, high school sports insider at Herdat Sports. He also does a lot of other things. He is a dad. He is a dog dad. Which, how is Jet doing, by the way? He's okay. His uh, cherry, I think, came back. So now oh, we got to no. do the whole go to the specialist. and It makes me hurt just watching. <laughs> 
like. I mean, that just has to be such a nuisance for him too. It's a lot of money too. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, that yeah. for you. I'm more. I'm more I, I know how that, that part. My dog, my dog Molly had three rotten teeth when I adopted her. Molly, and you get pulled. I had to get them pulled, and That's then not... she had one that chipped, and it was like twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, true pain. And baby. now she has another one. Like she, I think she just has bad teeth. So I'm I'm thinking about getting uh, Biggie acupuncture, oh even though he's on a, even though he's on an anti. It's it's only like eighty bucks. I oh. think I looked. It's an anti. He's on an anti. Well, he has pet insurance. Do you have pet yeah. insurance? Uh, no, because my dog is super young, and, and we're like, only like two hundred and twelve bucks away from getting a deductible. Yeah, that's, he's on two things now. That's cool. Ah, it takes a sec to get there, <laughs> right. yeah. but that's cool. I was looking at Katherine Heigl on. Um, uh, what were we just talking about? Minnesota Wild. Oh. TikTok and superfoods for dogs. I'm going to do that because she said there's a lot of – she's big into pets. And I don't know why she came up Yeah, you were watching a video right. yesterday, and you're she, like, just get to the point. Right, because <laughs> she was talking about all this whole setup thing. I just want to know what the superfoods are for dogs. Right? I was like, would you hurry up? And then I watched them like, eating watermelon and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, cool. We're black. We could do that. I was just like, give the <laughs> oh, dogs like – Oh, wow. You know? No, I'm I like uh Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me like that. I'm just waiting don't, for a response. Don't look at uh, me like that. How's basketball? Hey, I was talking, about his, I was talking about his hoodie. I was talking about his oh. hoodie. It's a nice nice hoodie. This one? Yeah. I like it. I got I like the gray one too. Yeah, I got you look very nice. It's a uh, one of a kind, actually. So. Yeah, that's great. Humble. I, actually, it's two of a kind. Two of a kind, because I have two of this same hoodie. Yes. <laughs> and one of a kind. The Don't gray ever one. drop the ball around. <laughs> the, the gray he one will, is. He will pounce. Is one of a kind. Yeah, you should wear the matching pants. That'd be cute. That's not happening. Yeah. So. Are you in the full swing though? You ready for full state? swing? Yeah, I'm. Uh, am I ready? I am. Uh, today I'm very tired. I don't know why. Probably because my kids like. I don't know. For using the twist up crayons. Yeah. yeah, apparently those things have been around for 25, 25 years. years huh? That's what and mom it, says. And I've never seen them before. Gosh, Pretty cool, though. We, you know. Still wouldn't pay eight bucks for it. We talked about this off air, but we do. You know, I have a, I'm the dad of a six-year-old and soon-to-be four-year-old and girls. And they, ha we have a ton of crayons pencils markers like why do we we don't stop buying i don't need to stop I, buying i don't it it drives me up the wall yeah i'll go in my garage Papers. i'm gonna show you how much sidewalk chalk we have yeah we have like two or three buckets full it, it just like, sits there i just think to myself like how'd this happen <laughs> how'd this happen where did all these come from i don't know i yeah. think it's at least two Gargantuans from Jimmy John's or a couple of breakfast sandwiches from Gandolfo's. Something like that. It's at least 20 bucks worth of chalk sitting in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> and how often does it get used? Well, she does get her, ever, ever. her she, chalk game going. Oh, yeah. Probably, like, so she co she so colors it's worth, every day. It's worth the 20 She bucks. colors every day, yeah. too. It's worth all those colors. Well, can we let one go... Get, like, can we get, get rid of one before, first before yeah. we get another one? I'm with you on that. I'm with that. And why do you need 80 things of chalk in one box? Like, who's making them that big? You got to have different colors, Damon. The big oh. ones, 
Whoa. I mean, you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, he's single yeah, with no, no kids. Idea. Like, why <laughs> do you care? Because he I, draws on his driveway. <laughs> he probably does <laughs> with the plastic shovel. <laughs> I mean, you, you, the kids aren't going to be out there with just an orange. I mean, they got to have the pinks and the light blues Shames. and all that. Right, I, I don't, mean, think, they, I don't they think it's good that you're telling us that you're hanging out with these kids. I'm not yeah, hanging out. I didn't how. say I was hanging out with any kid. I'm just saying this is the way a kid thinks. They got to have a lot of different, uh, a lot of different options. A lot of time it's just pink or purple, man. In my house, like a lot of times, it's you, your kids pink are kind of you? your kids yeah, are kind of boring. Girls. Then. Oh, Dude, I don't know. You just call my kids boring. I'm, Did you hear that? I heard him. I'm All not. Right. I, I'm not. On. Zoe is. <laughs> Zoe will do. She likes blacks. She likes grays. She likes well, brown. She likes pinks. She likes purples. There's no telling with her. Yeah. If she made a rainbow, what colors would she use? Probably conventional. Yeah. She Most has. She, sometimes she'll wear like red boots and her red coat. She has a pink coat. The other day we took her to the game. She had on a Steelers T-shirt with that That's yellow. That's too bad. <laughs> funny man, <laughs> you, you funny man. No, That's the guy that you guys call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, he is. But so she's kind of she's she's into you know so she's got range. I would she I wouldn't pigeonhole her just yet. Will I see her tonight, my best friend? Uh, She's just now starting to give me fist bumps. Yeah. I see her a lot. Yeah. That's funny because she gives me high fives, and I've only oh, met her wow. twice. Uh, he, she's in love with his fiance. That is, that's at, why. Yeah, that is Ashley true. won her over. Yeah. I mean, day one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm guessing you're going to Central Miller North. Be at Central Miller North first, and then uh, run down the road for uh, Miller South, and uh, they play Gretna girls, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Do one full game and the second half of the other one. Yeah, I think Miller North Central should be okay. Yeah, uh, you know if they can. The contain. Bellevue games are very interesting. Yeah, no girls, love lost there. If you want to, if you want to set it up for those, since we aren't yeah. going to assume that everybody knows the girls' schedule, because yes. after we set up Bell East and and in Bellevue West, I I want to get into something because I want to go back to Miller South. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Bellevue East, Bellevue West plays at six. Bellevue East starts at six forty-five. Grace actually will be there for us, shooting some video and things. So I like Grace. Um, she she works really hard. Yeah, Grace. So um, she's good good people. Uh, let's see who else plays tonight in a who do they play? Lincoln Southwest is Bellevue West. Yeah, and, and you know Lincoln Think Southwest Chinese. hasn't had. I don't know. Yeah, it's dicey. But Kenny Williams, he's talking about. Yeah. Um. Are Coach they? Yeah, are they? Good? I know they're really well coached. Are they going to be able to go in there and win that game against some really good guards? That so here's the thing that I worry about. If I'm a Bellevue West fan, having seen them multiple times, yeah. their shot selection sometimes. and effort level sometimes wavers. Mm-hmm. They take some tough shots. Sure do, and. It, Casual isn't the term, but sometimes it's like, man, I know that there's another gear in there because mm-hmm. they can light switch you in a hurry. Another good one. Lincoln High and Northeast tonight in girls is, should be kind of a good one. Lincoln High is pretty good. What was Lincoln, I, I'm, what I'm, was Lincoln High in your polls? Are they two? I think they're through two or three. Yeah. Do you ever they've find been, they've been top five all year? Do you ever good. find high school high school girls basketball? relating to women's college basketball at all where there's major separation from the best teams in the class like one to five and then even like a a 
drop in tier two from five to ten. Mm-hmm. Did you ever notice that? Yeah, I, I would say it's similar. Mm-hmm. I would say it's mm-hmm. similar because I think that there's five or six teams. I think Bellevue West, Bellevue East, Millard North, Millard South, and I'm missing Lincoln, Lincoln High. High could all make a run. Bellevue East and Kearney tonight. That's that. That's the. Oh, that's interesting. Bellevue East gets it when Bellevue East feels good about themselves. They right. get it going. Like a couple losses that are like, mm. yeah, they yeah. can they can avalanche you. Yeah. I, I do th- I do think it's like that. Yeah, I think the state champion will come from one of those six teams. Yeah, for sure. I think that's. Fair. I, I mean, it's got, not. It's it's a it's a it's a lot more difficult. I think two through thirteen in boys than it is right. The top six this year for sure. Down in girls. Because there are some tough districts. Uh, should I be concerned about Millard South getting Will, a healthy Will Cooper? And they're healthy now. They're, oh, boys. Yeah. Um, I'm going to that game tomorrow. So I'm going to go to the Lincoln, two Lincoln games. Uh, North Star at three. And then Lincoln High, or Millard South at Lincoln High at five tomorrow. That's my plan. Um, and I'm doing that because I think both of those games could be a little go either way. Brian plays North Star. Um, and Millard South plays Lincoln High. So I wish I had a better handle on Brian. Yeah, they have capable personnel. I'm just not sure what got, I'm going to get. I mean, they got. Pro- I mean, if you're saying right now, as far as far as sophomores are concerned, they got probably the. If he's not the best, it's either Amari Bynum or Chuck are probably the two best prospects uh, in the sophomore class right now. So. And I say prospects with air quotes, not saying they're the best player today. I'm saying in six years from now, are they going to be? So in just their size and length and all that. So and Amir, like he's going to have to give them some, some points. Their For, depth I, isn't I, great. I, no, it's not at all. I don't know what happened with Amir against Omaha Westside. But he sat for some long stretches early. Yeah, he needs and that. I thought he – I don't know – you know, I trust Coach Gully, obviously, yeah. but he, he something happened early in that game where he didn't play very much. There was a, he, Coach Gully, and I don't know if we talked about this, but I I love Galen. Me too. Like, he's amazing. I I, um, I like a lot of what Brian's doing. I like what they're yeah. doing in football. I like what they're doing in basketball. Right. I like what they're doing in wrestling. Yeah. Like I I like a lot of what Brian's doing. Coach Gully at the Metro tournament, um, he. Did exactly what you should do to a player that you get on real quick. He said, "Look, he, he pulled him out of the game, sat him down, said, like, got into him a little bit about what he needs from him, and said, and then he encouraged, like, we need you. If we're gonna win this game, we need you. I need you locked in. Let's go." And like, pat him on the knee, whatever. I was like, after he just ripped him, like that was. Yeah, cool. the the most impressive butt chewing that I saw all year was easily Saturday. Coach Woodard oh. really got into jo- I mean a great play the best player. Yeah, he really got into Josiah Dotzler. That's what makes Coach Woodard. And Coach I Woodard. mean, he doesn't care. Unfortunately, about if you're a Westside <laughs> fan, Dotzler responded. Yeah. <laughs> but Which, uh, just just the ability, and I told him after the game, first of all, I said to Dotzler, I was like, man, your ability to receive that and then kind of make the plays that you made late, it's pretty impressive. That's why he's like, playing at the next level. But you, there's, some, there's, a, there's some takeaways there, like his resolve and poise. The little two-man game he played with Jaden Jackson was unreal. Um, but then I told Coach Woodard, I said, gosh, you know, it's just – it's refreshing, and I know why you win more than you lose. When you can get on a guy, your best player like that, 
and in front of everyone and have it received the way that it was. There's hey, it goes back to the saying: good players want coached hard. Yeah. As much as people think that that may not be true, it's true. It has been forever. And if you're scared to get on a player or yell at a kid, whatever, correct a player, however you want to do it, if you're scared to do that because you are afraid that they're going to transfer or something, then you're not going to win as much. You're just not. Um, and and there's what has been a lot of that in recent years because of, you know, kids can just transfer on a whim and all that stuff. And if they get upset one day, so you want to make everyone happy, but at the same time, you – Kids want coached hard. The good players, the great players want coached hard. What you do you think th- Michael Jordan didn't get coached hard? No, he did. What do you think happens in A4? I was having Andrew look at that this morning with Well, preppings. and you talk about coaching hard. I mean, that's Ludke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Southeast can win their first game. Oh, I kind of like the tease of then, you're not sure. Then I think. You don't like the matchup or you think – they peaked I a think, couple of weeks. You I, think Southeast peaked yeah, a couple and weeks ago? I th- I honestly, I, North Platte's not bad. No, I know. Like, they're really okay. Like, Coach Well, River Johnson, nice player. They got some size to match up. I just don't know, you know, depth-wise, they don't have what Southeast has. But um, if they can – and it's a night game, so or it's at 6 rather than, like, 2 in the afternoon, right? So it's a little bit different going to Southeast there. But if they can get by North Platte, I think that's one where you look at it, you're like – that's probably the one you could make a case for a potential upset. I think there's going to be teams. I mean, there's going to be – it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Do you think with this West Side, if they get past Burke, do they match up better with Lincoln High or – If they get past Burke? It, I mean. <laughs> do, they, do they match up better with Lincoln High or – Oh, probably Millard South. Millard South. I think they probably. No, Millard South kind of gave them fits at their place, and that was. And Cooper got hurt in Millard, that game. Yes, and I remember watching that. They uh, they let Boudreaux get loose though. I wasn't there. He gave them buckets. All right, Millard South. Well, Lincoln High is, after winning the hack, has kind of took a you know kind of gone took a downturn there. Um, playing at west side on tuesday night it's the last one on tuesday so everyone's going to be paying attention to it um because all the other district finals are monday wonder why we did that but um i think i know um it, it can lincoln i do it sure i i think probably west side's playing so well right now the plan they're that they had a little dip and now they're kind of rising um I think they're pretty dangerous, honestly, Westside at this point. Yeah. From a team that came into the season with really high expectations. Um, you know, and Kevin Brown's health, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? It's funny. Coach, Coach so. Simons may have been exactly right. He says, we're definitely a team that will be better in March than we will yeah. be in. And that's been true. I mean, December. they're playing so much better uh, despite the loss to Bellevue West. But they played Bellevue West closer than anyone has all year. Anyone? Well, let me ask. You, let me get you out of here on this one. Or we'll not get him out before we change gears to football. Because right. I know Carter Nelson's on your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me. Add, what happens in seven? Obviously, according to how district seeds go, seven should be the most influx, Here's, right? Yeah. That I'm struggling in that one. Okay. I, I think Elkhorn South has the most guys, mm-hmm. 
But I'm not chomping at the bit, and maybe it's because we can't ever win at Papio South. I'm not chomping at the bit <laughs> to play. I wouldn't be, like, excited about that game either. Third time North and Papio South have played this year, I believe. Uh, first game was at North. I was at it was 50. It was not good. Yeah. Um, not a great game anyway by both teams. I know. I remember when you sent me that yeah. stat sheet. Yeah. Um, Papio South, if they – this here's the, the worst part is. So, Papio South's the two in A7. That means they're the eight overall seed. Yeah. And there's a wild card, right? So, <laughs> weird kind of thing here. If Papio South beats Omaha North, they drop in points. There's no chance of them getting, make the, it, wild. getting the wild card. If they, if they make it to the district final – there's no chance of them getting in. Because North comes North, in at 11 and 11, right? Because North will drop division. Yep. And it's like, <laughs> what do you what do you want to do? I mean, obviously you want to go play games and win, but um, I think Elkhorn South probably has. And you're, if you're like, Papio South, you're not thinking seeds will hold. No. Somebody's going to use the wild yeah, card before right. it gets yeah. to you. I think there'll be – I think there'll be something happening. Um, the the one is it, just backing up. I mean, Gretna and Northstar. If Northstar gets by Bryant, I like Gretna's draw. Yeah, for but, where but, they are. But Northstar took Gretna to overtime at Gretna. I know. It was like a Saturday afternoon, way different than Monday night district final environment. But they played a really close game the first time. You never know. Um, Santanella Clemens. Yeah, Northstar's backwards. Size, the key. Yeah. They're just young, North Star. But I, Papio South is is very interesting. I mean, you look at it, the depth is after the, you know, one, two, three guys. It's kind of who who can give us more. Um, I guess four, Devin. I'm saying Reese. Uh, well, Bryson, Reese, Ball Jaw. Yeah, I, I just I don't take in I don't take. Ball Jaw's playing really well now. He killed Westside, like, and I I watched Papio South beat Westside. And Kircher and Ball scored a collective 14 points, I think. Mm. Ball fouled out. They both were in the single digits, and they lost by, like, eight. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like Maul Jaw was out there like Magic Johnson running the point. <laughs> I, 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 and so I – and I told Coach Heizer, I saw him the other day before they got ready to play Miller North, and I just was like, I never have a good basketball experience in your gym. Short of when I used to do the broadcasts. Mm-hmm. No, then it was cool because it wasn't at my expense. But I don't, I don't know, man. I they're that's not a fun team, mm-hmm. and they don't have any real bad losses. Coach Heizer is you want to talk about a good person and a really good coach too. Ah, he thought I, I was just being nice to him. I was like, no, he's funny. I'm not. I, it's, it's a miserable. He's, it's miserable playing at he's your got place. That we always super, lose. He's got that super deep voice, and like you don't know if he's overly intense. Or not. Or whether he wants or to he, talk to you or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but okay, I'm going to go sit down now. But at the same yeah, it's like, it's like. I've been in conversations with you know, that before. Because he's, he's, I love, like, he's he's a Great. cool guy, Great. and you can, he's a, he's just a gentle spirit, but socially sometimes you get the opinion, the impression that you're bothering him, mm-hmm. and I probably have, so I just, mm-hmm. All right, hey, well, oh, I bother I'll him all the myself. Time. Yeah, I bother him Enough all the time. Said. I don't care because he's easy yeah. to he's when he's engaged. Great. He's easy to talk to. Hey, real fast guy. before we yeah. quickly move on, I, I, explain substate because it's super good. It's not called substate. Okay, first of all, so explain <laughs> districts then. <laughs> I hate that drives me nuts. It's not the name, is it? So sub districts, you got to win. You got 
You got to whittle it down to everyone needs a chance to play in sub in to everyone needs a chance to play or have the option to play in the state tournament or make it to the state tournament. That's what sub districts are for. Sub districts are um, geographical. Uh, they don't have them in A because they don't really need to. Um, they have them in B, and frankly, it didn't really matter. I mean, Elkhorn beats Scott last night, and doesn't matter. Scott's still going to be the number one seed and host the district final. So um, sub, sub districts are that. It gets you to the district final. I like how they do it. I really do. Because um, you're about the opportunity. Yeah, and you get the eight best teams into the state tournament. One, you know, team slips up. Like, again, just example because it happened last night. Scott loses to Elkhorn. Elkhorn's playing well, really, really well right now. Maybe found some offense. Yeah. And, but Scott still, we would all agree, even after losing that one game, one of the eight best teams in B by Correct. far. Uh, so they should get an opportunity to, to, to make it because their season matters, right? It can't just be one game. So you play out the sub districts, then they reseed it. After sub districts are done, they they rerun the wild card points. So like out of state games and all that, they re, rerun them for everybody, uh, A included. So like Rockhurst and Prep, like that is mm-hmm. that going to matter, right? Everybody. So they they redo it, and then everyone the the eight well in A um, A it doesn't matter. So the eight sub district champions in B get reseeded. get get make it to automatically make it to the district final and then the then or i'm sorry 12 and then the four remaining wild card points wild card kind of wild cards get in to the district final so it's sub districts played out to then play in a district final which a lot of people call sub state as a district final because it's like the game before state which Drives me nuts because it's not technically called yeah, that. Yeah, it, I've always found that so confusing. I mean, here here in the state of Nebraska. I mean, even with you explaining it, it's still kind of confusing. Well, it first of all, easier. we shouldn't have six classes. We should only have four, and then make it. That would make it a lot. And easier. I'm sure that would make it a lot easier. But yeah, <laughs> like I always said, like why can't it just be you know districts to sectionals to quarterfinals. Okay, state. Your, and your, se- your section sectionals are your sub districts. Exactly, and that's how I ha- always in, had to in, map in it mind. out. Yeah, like if you're from a different but state, it, and it was just it. so so hard to get used to. Yeah. Can I, I get back to something so before words, we so much language? Go before ahead. Before we get out of there, who wins seven? A seven? Yeah, because I I like Elkhorn South just in their the, gym. The Papio Papio South is a rivalry. That's no yeah. gimme. Oh, and then, girls? No boys. Boys. I like Elkhorn South is the one in seven. I I, I do kind of like them. Me too. Okay. Sauter, appreciate you, man. We didn't even get to Carter yeah. Nelson. Didn't even get to Carter Nelson. He's got Nelson. 29 Division one offers. Is that a lot? It's a lot. Nine. Is that a lot? I'm curious. They're, they're not just from, like, you know, low-end D1 <laughs> yeah, yeah. schools. They're from the big guys. <laughs> track matters. Run track. <laughs> App, App State. <laughs> they're not, it's not all App State. Thanks, Sauter. Doggy Dog up next. If you want to play, give us a call. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. So DB made the executive call and said, Sauter, stick around. You're playing trivia against me. So that's what we're doing. So if you give us a call, 888-638-4876, I will say Sauter will play for you. 
Does that make sense? So you will play That's for fine. a guest if we get a guest to call in. Um, they won't answer questions. You'll answer the questions. But if you win, hey, you could win somebody Just as some long money. As mi- it's to not Minnesota Club. Wild Hockey questions. <laughs> it it is good. not Minnesota Wild Hockey questions. I can clear the air right now. Um, <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but I'll give you three questions. You'll get three answer choices. Okay. Oh, it's multiple choice. It's All multiple right. choice. I but like then DB that. doesn't get answer choices. All right. But he gets one Hail Mary. He and knows that if means I win this, I'm, he's never here in the end of it. Correct. Oh, and we do have a caller. So, Shane, you want to bring him on right now? Ray is on the line. Ray, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Sauter is playing for you. So, if Sauter oh. wins this trivia matchup against DB, you win the gift card. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, hang around. I apologize, Ray. <laughs> All right, here's your first question. You ready? Shane, you got music for us by chance? Sorry about that. You're good. All good. We had a caller. There it is. Hey, Sauter. All right. 43 years ago. Oh, boy. Team USA defeated the Soviet Union in the Miracle on Ice. Despite the historic win, that wasn't the game the U.S. won the gold. Who did they defeat that year to win the gold medal? I think I know this. Was it Finland, Sweden, or Czechoslovakia? Why would I put that name on there? I should have just said Czech. I think it is. Finland, Sweden, or Czechoslovakia? I I think it's Sweden. Going with Sweden. Final answer? For some reason, ah, man, it's Finland or Sweden, but uh, I can't remember. I think it's Sweden. Okay. Question number two. For the first time in a long time, a St. Louis football team has started the season 2-0. <laughs> Prior to McCarron, who was the last St. Louis quarterback to start 2-0? Was it Mark Bolger, Kurt Warner, or Sam Bradford? Okay, Kurt Warner is the, like, that's the question. But I think it's a trick question, so I'm going to go, who would you say, uh, the first one, Mark Bolger? Mark Bolger. I'm going to go Mark Bolger. That's who you're going with? Because I don't think you would put – I think Kurt Warner is the trick. As March Madness approaches, KU is trying to become the first repeat national champion since 2006 and 2007. Mm-hmm. Who won it those years? Was it UConn, Duke, or Florida? No, Florida. And the tiebreaker question, how – No. I changed it to this. The first NCAA March Madness champion was in what year? Oh. The first March Madness champion. March Madness champion. I'm going to go ahead and say... It's closest to. It's yeah, closest to. Uh, 19... Let's go 1980. I'm going to go round number. Just to, so I can hit on both sides. All right. Thank you. We'll text you. How you feeling, Ray? Ray, you feel good about those or no? He, he's probably. Yeah. All right. right. He's feeling okay. How are you feeling? That's the real question. I'm feeling good. You're I'm a little tired good? today. I might get a nap in this afternoon, though. Oh, man. You don't like naps? All right, DB, you know the drill. Yeah. No multiple choice. Wait, do I get a preserver? What's the you preserver thing? Hail Mary. Okay. Question number one. 43 years ago, Team USA defeated the Soviet Union in the Miracle on Ice. Despite the historic win, that wasn't the game the U.S. won the gold. Who did they defeat that year to win the gold medal? Uh... And if you watch the movie Miracle, they say it for like a half second. (laughs) It was Finland or Sweden. 
Uh, top four were USA, Soviet Union, Finland, Sweden. It would be... I'm going to go with Finland. Mm. Question number two. For the first time in a long time, a St. Louis football team has started the season 2-0. and Prior to McCarron, who was the last St. Louis quarterback to start 2-0? and Uh... Great question. So you have to go back. It's a total trick question. Two and zero. When did Warner take over for Trent Green? Had Trent Green already won? <laughs> I have no idea. So I got so it's either it's Bolger, Green, or Warner. Two and zero. Two and zero. I feel like there's a trick in there. I mean, that's what I thought too. So, uh, Vodge. Uh, or you I'll, just, I'll, I'll go Kurt Warner. Yeah, or you just go with the obvious one. And question number three: As March Madness approaches, KU's trying to become the first repeat national champion since 06 and 07. Who won it that year? Florida. And the tiebreaker question, the first NCAA March Madness champion was in what year? Oh, Lord. Closest to the year. (laughs) No idea. Uh, I'll go 36. 1936. Thank you, DP. All right. Shall we go through them? Ray, are you still feeling confident in Mike Sauter? A little less confident. Like he knows what he's doing. (laughs) Wow. Let's go through them. Ray, let me tell you, if we win this, I'm yelling on live television. And And you know he's the worst winner ever. And Damon Benning will never hear the end of it. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Big win win. Here we go. And I hope it happens. 43 <laughs> years ago, Team USA defeated the Soviet Union in the Miracle on Ice. That wasn't this might the win the that huh? got them the gold. What was the win? Was it Finland, Sweden, or Czechoslovakia? It was Finland. Let's go. Damn. Right Sauter said Sweden. Let's I go. Was, it, when you said it's Sweden or Finland, I'm like, I know it's – I like, you, you it, said I knew that it was too. one of those two. You're I like, ah, well, we're going to cross up. That's it. That's, well, I that's shouldn't have probably. put Czechoslovakia on there because yeah. I couldn't even say it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get any choices. Didn't work. I, you didn't even use your Hail Mary. I should have. I forget. I always forget I have it, and yeah. then you remind me sometimes. Yeah, Dang. well, and I should have used it probably on this question. For the first time in a long time, a St. Louis football team has started 2-0 – Prior to McCarron, who was the last St. Louis quarterback to start 2-0? Was it Mark Bolger, Kurt Warner, or Sam Bradford? Sauter said Mark Bolger. DB, you said Kurt Warner. It was indeed Kurt Warner. Yeah. Let's go. I thought he was <laughs> I thought it was Sauter over question. here talking himself yeah. out of Kurt Warner. I like, oh, <laughs> listen, I almost said Trent Green, but I couldn't remember when I, Kurt Warner took no, over Kurt for Kurt Warner's Green. like the obvious choice, and I'm like, nah, he wouldn't put him yeah, in there. Exactly. How about us both saying Bolger, though? Damn. Not bad. Not bad. I had a Bolger good. jersey. All right. So that I'm, also I'm, so I'm, you're up to, like I'm up two. Let's go. Yeah, I got to yep. get these two, and you can't. 
Well, the tiebreaker is meant if it's yeah. tied. And so DB technically already won. Yeah. So Ray, unfortunately, can I can I sweep? Can I sweep though? Can I give my prize to Ray? Please don't. Do you want to sweep? Because yeah, if you sweep, I probably won't ever hear. Okay, it. Ray, stay on the line. I'll do something here in a sec. So as March Madness approaches, KU trying to become the first repeat national champion. Who won it in 2006 and 07? You both said Florida. You both are correct. Let's go. Nice work, Sauter. Nice work. We got one, Ray. And the tiebreaker, <laughs> the first NCAA March Madness champion, I know. was in what year? Sauter no said 1980. I was thinking, like, like. That's something I would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. DV said 1936. The Here's what, I was thinking segregation part. So, like, I was thinking after, you know, when they actually allowed people that look like you to play. <laughs> well, Civil Rights Act was in 1968, I know. Bro. So, I was thinking <laughs> – but so I was going for like. I would 70s. have accepted as an acceptable answer going from thirty-two to sixty-four. At was, least that would be right. I yeah. like if you'd have said that, it's, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, we're, yeah. Well, DB said nineteen thirty-six, <laughs> and he is like, definitely closer. Uh, yeah. And I will, I will give you a chance to redeem this and get it right. If you get it right, we'll give Ray his prize. Okay. Okay. So 1936 was close. You are. I'm doing this for man. Ray. Should, should I give him a, a 50-50 here, Sauter? Sure. You are three years off in one of the directions. Oh, wow. Wow, good on me. Uh, I'll go. Go 39. <laughs> well, since Shane said 39, I'm, back I'm going 33. <laughs> <laughs> you should have went with Shane. Oh, fine. <laughs> sorry, Ray. Ray, sorry. No prize, Dang man. It. DB, I tried DB to couldn't with... ride Shane's train there. I did get three questions right, though. That should be good for something for Ray. That's, that's, that's good a... for you. Pride. <laughs> it's all about pride. Fudge. Those I feel are like we tough. should do this again because I'm it's, disappointed it, listen, in myself. You know what's funny? He's just like me. Mm-hmm. I was tr- I'm, I, who whipped me pretty good. Was it Kendall? So I, I got dusted. Good. I got yeah, dusted by he somebody. Had, he had seven people in the hey, audience, and I now. was salty the whole yeah, rest of the day. A, I will be. <laughs> it's a hard game. Well, Sauter, man, thanks for sticking around and playing. Hey, all right, bye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Coming up next, we're talking to Verz, Mad Verzal, former Husker podcast host and Paisan's Pizzeria owner. He's next. We'll also talk about the offensive line with him because, you know, that's what he did. Um, And we didn't get there today, so we'll do that with him next. Stick around. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Dream, but I just put on Sauter's headset thinking it was mine, and I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. It feels a little glossy on my hat. Like Verzal's head. <laughs> like head, so he says. Did, did Not Sauter, yours, though. Did, did Sauter say that? He's usually more clean-shaven. He can get his shine game right, too. You do your own head, too, right? Yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like every time we bring in Matt, Sauter has something to say from a distance. <laughs> well, because he goes there a ton. <laughs> and I think he's scared to say it to him in person. Hey, uh, Verz, good morning. Morning, boys. How are we doing? Good, Matty. How are you? Slow slow motion better than no motion, or you, you got him spinning already? 
No, no, we're going. We had a week off, and now we're back in. How early do you get there to start prepping for the day? I got here at 3.30 this morning. Ooh, we I'm getting full full bear, Maddie. Mate, let me ask you something because I I uh and I, maybe I standing on chair? <laughs> I was trying to demo. <laughs> what was I talking about that? Oh, the officiating. Oh, by the way, can I can I go there for a second cuz I know you hate I don't even know who you are. I I know you hate bitching and moaning about officials, but did that you even had to be taken aback a little bit by Jeff Anderson and, and Coach Mack, did, did you not find that odd, or do you like, eh, I'm moving on? I don't know who the first person is. That's the but, official. Yeah. those. I tell you what, them college dudes, they can they can give it to them pretty good. Like, there must be a lot of magic words that get said before that thing gets speed up. They, no doubt. They get in there. <laughs> I was just like size of, the, size of the check. I think determines how much you can say. Have you ever seen like he literally like stuck his chest out like he wanted to like go there? And I was like, what is going on? Well, ever since like I mean, you look at when that one ref was trying to run down both the, in the NS or in the whatever game that was. I'm like, hey, dude, that's just a bad business decision right there. Like. <laughs> Pick somebody else besides a Bosa to go get in his face. <laughs> that was wild. Matt, so like go yell at like the punter or the kicker, but don't yell at Bosa. He'll kill you. Matt, Matt, <laughs> so yes, and maybe I hear kind of what I want to hear, just because I think we both know him. But it seems like in listening, I just was comparing and contrasting the answers. I was listening to, to Rayola talk about Ben Scott and kind of his versatility. And he was pretty basic. Right, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's good at this. He's got experience here, and still learning how we, you know, we do things here, this, that, and the other. But on the on kind of the side deal was very a um, lot of positive adjectives to talk about Teddy Prohaska, and that kind of made me giddy. I know it kind of makes you giddy just because of the relationship, but. Are you expecting big things with a full year removed almost and a healthy new shoulder and more recovery for that knee time for Teddy? Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. Like, that's a big – I mean, I think right now Teddy's 6'10 in, in socks. Like, not cleats, not shoes. He's 6'10 in socks. <laughs> so that's – now, for me – some of it, I don't know what he's carrying right now, but that's a lot of weight to carry on the ball for him. Like you rarely see like a six ten guy that's over, you know, whatever. But if he, he gets down to where his body can move more fluidly, and if that's three ten, if that's three fifteen, I, like I said, I don't know what he weighs. But you know, that's if they're into that part where Rayla really likes that, then yes, the sky is the limit. And you won't have to worry about Teddy and injury. He's not going to worry about it or contemplate it. If, if the doc says he's healthy, he's going to go play. Varys, perhaps no position bore more criticism last year than the offensive line. And I've even heard this week people still questioning why Rayola is back. Do you think it's going to take fans uh, to go through the, the so-called seeing is believing stage? Or do you think, based on how the players spoke about Rayola, that's enough to get them to believe right now? 
No, the time time for talk is is, is a, no more. Like there's, and if it doesn't look or fit their eye right the first games, or even in the spring game, then they'll have a lot of questions because it was a group that did not progress through the year. It had phases of becoming really good, and then it would tail off. So yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be. You can say anything you want, but they're going to have to see it before they believe it. When, how much stock do you put on the same voice a couple of years in a row, even before you get to calling plays a certain way that accentuates strengths or, you know, the running style playing to their strengths? How much do you just start at the grassroots level of having the same instruction multiple years in a row well it's one of those unique opportunities for him where he gets a straight do over you know like whatever whatever happened last year as far as who was calling plays who was pouting on the sideline and who was yelling at who behind closed doors who wasn't practicing who was practicing all that bs that you have to deal with is now gone you get a chance to have a fresh start. So now anything you think you screwed up the first year, you can go back and redo. And now you have a clear instruction of, hey, this is what I want your room to be able to do. If you cannot achieve that, then we will have to make a business decision. But if you can achieve that, then you will stay as long as you can, as, as you want to. Matt, is there any... So I think with a clear vision clear vision or a chance to reset it's a big opportunity for him is there any more pressure or no considering like in the first couple of pressers coach rule was like yeah i don't really subscribe to that we're not going to have a good offensive we're going to have a good offensive line like he just wasn't buying it almost from the get-go well he's got a relationship with one of Rayola's mentors so he knows what what the kid what, what the mentor sees in him. Oh, good. Probably heard some stories about the situation, how it was run last year, and said, hey, you know, we've got some other guys that have some offensive line experience. We'll have help for him. He'll be able to handle this. Don't worry. Like, I, I, I think as long as – and you know as well as I do, when your head coach has confidence in you, you feel like you can do anything. Mm. So it, it's a big vote of confidence for Rayola that Rule trusts him. And now it's up to him to prove that trust was deserved. Being a former lineman yourself, Vers, you know, do you find benefit in what Rayola said and liking how interchangeable the entire O-line is in case of injury? Or would you rather see a more set-in-stone lineup each week? I'm a two-deep guy. Yeah. So if you can have – if you can have – even if you have a swing – so I've got two starters and a swing tackle. I've got two guards and a swing guard. And I've got a center and then a backup center if I need it. That's the that's the ideal. In a perfect world, you're too deep everywhere. And it's like, yeah, if he gets hurt, you're going in. Verza, one of the things is kind of an analogy. I said one of the reasons you and I are so close is we just kind of figure out how to complement each other, like what we need or – 
you know, whatever. And it's the same with a running back offensive lineman, literally, where sometimes if, if backs hit holes differently or, you know, trust the integrity of the play, like you guys were quick to say, hey, listen, you know, this play doesn't hit here. It's, we should go here. Like we can definitely help out. How much of that are you looking forward to, like having another year, guys like Anthony Grant, having another year in the program where you can kind of get the feel of the run game, which we know ultimately helps offensive line play? It's a deal to me. Like they've got to have enough of a relationship. You know, Hawk was in the other night. He told the story that he didn't, he, they had no problem getting after Amon Green. Yeah, you know, Amon would be trying to do something outside of the scheme, and <laughs> they'd get back in the hole, and Hawk would say, "The hole is literally right there." Yeah, you run really fast right through that hole right there, <laughs> not over to the outside, not make three moves. You run right there. That's where it will be. Right there. But that, you know, you you've got to have that mutual respect where the back respects the lineman. And the lineman knows that if the back gets through that hole you've created, he's going to run a long way. So it's a it's a give and take, but it's gotta gotta happen in that manner. It's funny. I it is hilarious. I just I kind of told a story. I didn't call him by name, but I just remember Rob being mad. It was Ace Wright forty two counter sweep, you know. And obviously yeah. he's got the pull and he wants to log, and we're supposed to get out around. And you know, I tried to cut that thing up, thinking I could beat the could 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 beat the block and both he and Wiegert, you know, Wiegert was like, man, don't try that with, you know, he's like, don't try that blankety blank, you know, on 48s, you know, and Rob was basically like, man, just do what you're supposed to do. And I was just like, (laughs) and I'm like, I just think, and I learned that we could really, really help out by just doing what we're supposed to do. And it'll keep those guys as much as you can plan a a brutal position like O-line out of harm's way. Like, and they weren't afraid Rob, to tell us that, you know? Rob probably had the piece of paper that it was drawn on in his pocket. And said, Damon, <laughs> it says right here on the paper where the X's and O's go if you go outside here. It's just like a textbook that I read to become a doctor because I have a huge brain. And if you just follow this, it will all be fine because this is what Coach drew on the paper and this is the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> well, but now it's... It's spot on. What, what you, what you prima donna positions don't get <laughs> is that we want to keep you out of harm's way. You want to get your picture in the paper. Yeah, come on, Damon. <laughs> if you just pay attention to what we were doing, we will guide you into the end zone, and you can do your high-step BS, and you can <laughs> put your one finger up in the air. We will take care of you if you let us. <laughs> Tell them, Burrs. We appreciate it, man. <laughs> Thanks, Matty, I think. <laughs> Wow. Have a great weekend, dude. Just follow what the play says. <laughs> Drawn on this piece of paper right here I have in my own. Very simple. Easy game. Oh. Um, All right, man. Someday I will need to knock you unconscious so you can have a surgery. I will remember that. <laughs> Matt, have a great weekend, man. Take it easy. Oh, thanks, man. Good boy. That's Matt Verz, old former Husker podcast host and pizzeria owner at Paisons. Man, what a great ending to the show. Thanks for joining us this week. If you missed anything, check out the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Hail Varsity Radio is where you find us. We'll see you next week. A Huda Media Production.